Welcome back to Sequel Suck Maverick, the greatest episode of the greatest podcast or the greatest thing ever. I'm so happy that we did this. I feel like I willed this into existence. Michelle had no interest. I forced her to see it. I got her on side. And now we're here. It's Top Gun Maverick Day. <laughs> I'm Big Mouth. I'm joined by Call Sign Horn Dog. Call Sign Voice Note. This is the greatest. I'm so excited this happened. <laughs> the listeners should understand that this this wasn't going to happen. Like Cable, you saw this film when it came out, basically. Yes, the first, oh, the first day or two, yeah. I don't know what was going on, but you weren't immediately in the group chat being like, "We we got to put this on the list." <laughs> Michelle, this wasn't even on her radar. Nope. I went and saw it. I, I couldn't see it straight away. I didn't have time. I went and saw it before I even left the theater. I was in the group chat, and. <laughs> All I would say was Top Gun Maverick. And no matter what else you guys tried to say back, it didn't matter what your response was. My answer was Top Gun Maverick. And I wouldn't engage with you in any way until it was an absolute certainty that we were discussing Top Gun Maverick. And I refused to do any other podcast on any other film until we did Top Gun Maverick. And so just like Top Gun Maverick, this episode has been delayed and held back because of all of the nefarious things going on in the world. Not quite two and a half years, but it was delayed until finally we could sit and we could do it. And God yeah, time's damn, the charm. What a, well, what a great I guess it's only appropriate. It's only appropriate that the movie got pushed back and pushed back so much that this podcast got pushed back. Absolutely. I will just, say just just do a little bit of inside baseball. It's definitely a movie I wanted to talk about. Don't don't get me wrong. And and being a Top Gun fan, being able to see a sequel and then talk about a sequel, uh, it just was one of those things that you hadn't really mentioned it. Angus beforehand and at one point I had asked you had you seen it and you hadn't seen it and I know you had a lot of stuff going on family wise and couldn't get out and COVID and everything was happening so you were busy so you hadn't seen it but I know our big brother podcast Chatflix had a couple of the bros and a couple of the guys there had done it and they'd done the they've done their version of um their podcast on the movie so I was kind of like ah I'd love to talk about it at some point but I'm not in no rush sort of both sort of ah Chatflix has done it so yeah, unless you guys were desperately wanting to do it, I wasn't phased either way. And but I'm glad that Angus, you got excited about it, and then dragged Michelle down into those. Dra- drag lifted her up, <laughs> saved her, lifted saved her, her up. Yes, in a plane, just lifted she her. She almost up. rose like a phoenix. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, like, so I'm, like I'm, look, I'm glad. I'm glad we're having this opportunity. So it's good. It's it's good. Like it's a weird kind of. You know, wasn't on the right, like, wasn't on the radar to use it, you know, that kind of terminology from Top Gun. But I think the fact that we've all come together and gone, yeah, we want to talk about this movie. Like the world, like the world has come together with Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> this film is a phenomenon. It's the only film that any movie podcast should be, it's the only film any podcast should be talking about, honestly, but it's the <laughs> only film any movie podcast should be talking about. It, and uh, I think, like, important to get out of the way right off the bat like you mentioned cable you're a top gun fan mm. like i imagine you grew up watching top gun and yep. you love the whole vibe michelle i know you didn't see it until the same day you saw top mm-hmm. gun Maverick. i watched it about two weeks here on my I phone watched, <laughs> i watched top gun for the first time earlier this year i'd never seen it in my life oh, and I was what? Like, it's fine to watch it's time to watch top gun and i watched it and i was like that's a fine enough movie but I don't know if I'm going to watch it more than three more times in the rest of my life. I don't know if I'm going to get through the month without watching Top Gun Maverick three more times. Like I, di- I did not care about Top Gun when I went to see Top Gun Maverick. I was like, I just want to see some cool stuff in the cinema. And now the only thing I care about is Top Gun Maverick. 
Yes. We've already talked about part two of this podcast. We're planning to receive an IMAX. Yeah, this is going to be like a 19-part <laughs> episode <laughs> where we're just going to come in next. I was like, all right, I just remembered something else about top- yeah. this episode. It's just, it's all going to be about Glenn Powell's abs. That's it. We're just going to talk about We're going yep. to get to the bottom of this. That's it. Hangman, what are you doing, Mo? This this film is um goddamn it's fun. Well, it actually it, it kind of blows me away. Now it makes more sense that you didn't see it straight away and you had other again you had other life priorities in the way of going to see it. But I didn't even realize that you'd never seen Top Gun until Maybe recently. So yeah, well that's that's a given with you, Michelle. Let's be oh, honest. Oh, I mean I didn't realize Angus hadn't seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, jerk. But and and because I know you you see all the big blockbusters, Angus, you'll quite uh, learned when it comes to uh, your viewership and you've seen a lot of stuff. And so I know there's probably those odd films we all, all three of us have probably haven't seen that we probably should have seen. Like apparently for me, it's Hocus Pocus, but um, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was, well, that, that's, that's surprising information. You haven't seen Top Gun and there's nothing. It's, it's one that. of the ones that just slipped through the cracks. And but, I had friends who are obsessed with it. Like every Halloween yeah. would dress up as Maverick. In the full yeah. gear. I'm know. not that obsessive about it. Yeah, I, that would, that would I just, be fun. And I was like, eh, I'll watch it one Yeah, day. I mean, it's definitely a movie that, you know, obviously I didn't see it at the cinemas the first time around. Uh, didn't see it early on. But like every mum at the time, everybody loved Tom Cruise. So everyone went to see it. Uh, obviously a lot of the female uh, part of the population around the world that loved Tom Cruise went and saw it. And then all the boys went to see it because let's to be totally honest, like even though I love Top Gun, it's not much of a movie. It's definitely a boys' film, boys and their toys kind of film. It's a, a obviously it's like a, a series of vignettes. It's just like all right, yeah, here's this scene where they're gonna play volleyball. Here's this scene where they're gonna yell yeah. at each other, and it's and yeah, and it was all about the soundtracks back then, especially in the eighties and selling uh, you know records, albums, and you know when you really break down. Top Gun, like it definitely is very much a Bruckheimer, Don Simpson kind of film. It's all action, yeah, boys' toys. It's it's almost like the precursor to Fast and the Furious. It's like, well, what, what can we do that's not cars but different? And it's like, oh, well, why can't we do fighter jets? That's awesome. And then, yeah, I, I'm not sure if there's much of a plot to the first film where I think this one definitely wins on that yeah. in that regard. But um, the first, like you said, it just feels like there's a lot of just different scenes. Like, what can we do that looks good? And uh, yeah, top. I, I can even though I love the film. I can sit back and say, yeah, Top Gun, the original is probably not necessarily the greatest film that's ever been made. When some people rave like it was. Um, though I do own it on three in three D Blu Ray, so I can watch it in three D. <laughs> yeah, but you you've got like everything. Got Urban Legends Bloody Mary on three D and Blu Ray. Like you've got <laughs> no, everything. On that's 4K a lie. That's a lie. Take that back. It's slander. Slander. <laughs> well, I'm curious, Michelle. Like you, you. This, not only was this not on your radar, like you didn't care about no, didn't care any of all. the Top Guns at all. No. After you watch, after I, I convinced you and <laughs> brought you into the light and saved you. Mm-hmm. Uh, after you watched the first Top Gun, how how enthusiastic or not enthusiastic were you as you head to the drive-in to watch Top Gun Maverick that night? Were it you was, dreading it? Were you like, oh no, I God. wasn't dreading it. Like Top Gun was way better than I thought. I don't know why I thought it was like some kind of like war movie in my brain that it wasn't just like planes. It was going to no, be no. It's a very a gentle love thing. story about two men wrestling with their homosexuality. That's <laughs> that's what Top Gun is. I think but, I messaged uh, you that, didn't I? I? Said this has got very like gay vibes, like gay yeah, undertone not, vibes. Not gay vibes. It is. 
It is a very, very gay movie. <laughs> it's quite open about it. But it's no, amazing. I enjoyed it. I weirdly watched it on my phone and thought, oh, that wasn't bad. Wait, sorry, you watched Top Gun on your phone? <laughs> what? You watched it on your phone? <laughs> and still Tom, enjoyed it. <laughs> Tom Cruise somehow heard that and just shuddered wherever he is. And then he immediately texted Christopher Nolan. He's like, can you believe this shit? Top Gun <laughs> on a phone. Well, what, it came out in 86, so it's probably better on my phone than it was when it came out. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But no, I saw it and was like, oh, we'll give this next one a shot. And it was... Oh, so how much of giving it a shot was predicated yeah. on the volleyball scene? Mm. <laughs> the football scene? Yeah. Well, when you saw the volleyball first, That's true. did that ramp you up? Oh, like it helped. <laughs> oh, I won't lie. I'm actually a bit surprised. I feel like movies that we love that reference other movies, you know, oh, I want to see that movie. If you love Scream 2 so much, Angus, and you, Michelle, mm-hmm. and they have a Top Gun kind of reference, how have you not seen Top Gun? Well, now? see, Top Gun is one of these movies that is like, it's so ingrained in the culture mm-hmm. of film. When I watched Top Gun, I knew everything that was happening. I knew all the characters. Yeah. Like I knew every yeah. character. I knew that uh, that Maverick and Iceman Goose. hated each other, but they became friends at the end. I knew that Goose died. I knew that, oh, see, I didn't know uh, that. Tom Cruise like raced airplanes on his motorbike. I knew that he was the bad boy who kept getting in trouble. I knew that they sang Great Balls of Fire on the piano. Mm-hmm. I knew, you know, all the, I knew every, like, you can be my wingman anytime. I feel the need. The need to never close your eyes I knew that the sex scene was incredibly awkward and just not fun to watch. Like everything that happened in the movie, I was like, I knew that at the end that Tom Cruise is like, I want to come and be a, uh, instructor Top at Top Gun and I knew that like the, the teacher was like Top Gun <laughs> I knew, like all of it I'd either seen so you didn't even need it. to watch it no so I knew that movie inside it out without ever seeing it and when I watched it I was like oh there's no surprises here I didn't I didn't misunderstand what this film is I know exactly what this film is. oh my god that's Principal Strickland see I finally, I finally understood that ad that used to be on for like gum where she was like oh you're Iceman remember that ad that used to be on TV you look fresher I'm Iceman. Don't be ridiculous. No. <laughs> I'm going to have to find it. But I'm it's sure like... someone will. Whoever's listening. Uh, I'll find and, it on YouTube. And knows it. You can immediately <laughs> jump on the socials and be like, what do you guys don't mean? You guys are the idiots. Michelle's right. Feel, feel free to harass us for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't even see Top Gun until recently. So go ahead. Rip, rip shreds. True. But no, I came out of Ice. Top Gun, Iceman, Top Gun Maverick, the way, I know it's not all about Scream, but like the way I wish I came out of Scream 5, like wanted to go back and see it straight away. Same. Oh, wow. Same. I, if you had have told me 18 months ago that after you watch the new Scream film and the new Top Gun film, that Top Gun would be the on Top Gun film is going to be the one that you were going to watch on a loop for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I would have smacked you in your mouth. I'm not <laughs> as surprised like, for you. you. I'm surprised for me. I'm surprised for think... both of us. <laughs> I'm not running around wearing Top Gun t-shirts. Like it's it's a big surprise. Not yet. No, now I will. Now yeah. it's the only thing. It's yeah. this this mustache is never coming off. I'm gonna. No, can't. It's permanent. Joining the navy. Next face. I'm going in. Is that so? We all saw it in pretty different ways too. I think that's the thing because this movie, the thing that like got me so excited about this movie, it's I don't think it's completely hyperbole to say like this film saved movies at the cinema. Like they were going, going, gone. 
like even the Marvel movies, you know, after lockdown, Black Widow was straight onto Disney plus mm-hmm. and, you know, Dr. Strange was like a week at the cinema and they're like, just chuck it. They're going to watch it at home anyway. Like all of the big tent poles were starting to just really be like, okay, we're getting a very short theatrical run. If not day and date on streaming, you know, we just, we're, we're rolling over and accepting it. And Tom Cruise wouldn't. And he was like, no, I am. I'm not going to accept this. He refused to let it get released during the lockdown. He said it absolutely had to be released in cinemas and it had to be like a huge window because Paramount have their own streaming service now and it was a fledgling streaming service. So they were desperate to get Top Gun Maverick on this service. So they could be like, hey, we've got the new Top Gun. Please subscribe and watch this in the two other movies we have. And he was like, absolutely not and demanded a huge theatrical window. Friggin' paid off. But we all went to the cinema and saw it in such a different. You saw it 4K? Did you? Uh, the 4K, 4D, 4DX. So what is what is 4? I've never seen a film in 4DX. No, me what is 4DX. <laughs> okay, I mean, so Shrek, like it's... movie world. That's 4D, isn't it? Yeah, when there's like little bits of air blow on the yeah, back of your neck, water and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty much that. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but not a lot of cinemas have it. I I do vaguely remember it being widely advertised. It could have been five years ago. It could have been six years, almost 10 years ago. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like that long ago they were advertising. And the funny thing is that advertising has a kid in a flight suit and like almost like a like top <laughs> as if they built this uh, format for a Top Gun movie top gun really at the time didn't, ex- well, didn't exist. So I know some of the big movies that come out of the actual ones or Jurassic Park, obviously Dominion recently was there as well. Um, so you have to sort of get in quick because it's normally a bit like 3D where the novelty for 3D movies, you know, you'd only get a window for about a week with each, okay. each new release. So maybe a week, maybe two if you're lucky, if you want to see Star Wars or something in 3D and then that was it. Um, so I booked that. Uh, they had it on at Glen Waverley Cinemas, which I, I can't remember. Is that Village or Hoyts? I get them confused sometimes. I think it's Village. But um, yeah, it, the only the only drawback, and I understand why it's small, but it's actually a smaller screen. It's not a big IMAX. It's not a VMAX because it's a specific, you know, like you said, it's got the air and the water and stuff like that. They can only have it a certain size and yeah. X amount of seats because the seats have to be a certain design. So it's kind of cool because it did feel like it was like a proper, almost like you're in a jet sort of seat or some sort of race car seat. And this is so sad right now. And obviously it moves around. But the coolest thing about it was, yeah, there was some parts where obviously the, the planes go past and when they were skimming the water and the water splashed up or the air just comes across your face. But it was actually towards the end, which got better, was the bullets. The bullets you feel come across the back of your legs and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, my God. So this is the perfect movie for that format. But again... Sadly, I was I remember I was with my sister at the time and we sort of discussed it. And it's like that was an awesome feeling, but it's like how many movies would really justify being in 4DX? Probably not many. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully now that Top Gun Maverick has shown everyone that going to the movies is freaking cool and reminded us like there's it's better than at home, no matter how good your TV is or how good your speakers are, it's better to be at the cinemas and see this kind of stuff. And look, I think um you know, not to, I don't, didn't want to speak too much about anyone else, but I know uh, James Hazelden, who's from Chatflix, he saw it in IMAX and obviously loved it. And, and again, I don't think he was a huge fan of the first movie, but obviously saw And actually, you know what? I re- reckon he even saw 
Top Gun not that long ago as well. And then he saw this one and was impressed, but saw it in IMAX and said it was just amazing in IMAX. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, it's still no, on I, IMAX. I, so we're going to IMAX. Well. Everyone check yeah, their schedules. It was, it was shot in IMAX because, yeah. again, Tom Cruise is like, no, this movie is for cinemas. You mm. saw it at the drive in, Michelle. Yes. Uh, slightly different to 40x yeah slightly Although did you could did you find yourself like sitting in the seat did you start like steering and rocking the car oh no but like the... <laughs> i drove home like a fighter pilot <laughs> <laughs> i sent you guys a message like i feel badass like driving home especially yeah. like on the freeway coming home from like dandy dog where like it was what 12 30 whatever no one around <laughs> but it's funny so because I, I feel like there's been a lot of like tiktok and or like instagram posts where People have done that. They're going, just saw uh, Top Gun and then the yep. shows of getting in the car and toggling with I all I saw their, that today. Shows, yeah. <laughs> to, toggling with all this stuff and then just, Yep. <laughs> it's like, and it kind of, it, it's very, it's a very similar um, thing to like if you played way too much Grand Theft Auto and then have to go pick somebody up or just get in your car. Well, you it's hard not to feel like, you know. Fast and Furious <laughs> and you get in your car and you just want to like, I don't, I drive an automatic, but you like suddenly want to shift gears and, mm. you know, do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I just drove around for the last couple of weeks with the opening theme uh, playing yeah. in my car mm. and my kids being so confused, being like, what is this? I'm like, it's awesome is what it is. Now be quiet. Yeah. And I just crank it up. I'm like, wait for this guitar solo. <laughs> You'll like, learn. Okay. That sounds well, good. I, I guess if, if we would actually start to actually dive into the actual movie, I think that's the coolest thing. I think the opening is, they go, you know what, stuff, we're going to almost replicate the original. Mm. We're going to have the carrier, um, the carrier and and everyone running around and the planes coming in and and, and we're actually going to play the same music. Oh, after seeing Top Gun, like two hours before going to see Top Gun Maverick and be like, is this just the same movie? Like it was the exact same opening, the same thing besides it saying and women was the Yeah, they, they corrected the spelling of a word. I can't remember which word it is, but like there's there was a word in the original that they misspelled and they never fixed it. And so this one, they fixed that and put and women. And women. And then just, and like, yeah. Everything else was, is the same. I was like, am I just at the same movie? Like are we at the mm. wrong one? <laughs> Which I think is a great trick. I think it's like a great thing to lull people into this sense that like, oh yeah, come in, we're just going to do Top Gun again, only Tom Cruise is older. And it keeps going for like the first 10 minutes. You know, yeah. like he's, he, he has the same motorbike essentially from the first one and he's, you know, racing against the the plane like he did in the, everything is kind of the same. And then once you get into the, the nitty gritty of it, they're like, and uh, now, nope, it's going to be an actual movie with an actual plot. Uh, the plot uh, is a little bit like the third act of Star Wars, I realized yes. after the fact. I was yeah. like, hang on a second. <laughs> they have to fly this impossible route and hit this incredibly small target that is the only weakness in this thing that's going to destroy yep. the world if they don't get it the last second. Uh, lots of talk of like Dark Star in there. I was like, wait a second, what's happening here? Yeah. There's only one man in the galaxy who can handle this incredibly intricate thing. Yeah, no Tom one else has got the skills. Don't think, you know, just use the force. Yeah. yeah. At the end, Rooster, he's like, there's no guidance system. He's just like, I'm just going to close my eyes and Luke Skywalker this shit. But man, like none of that mattered. Every from the opening being the exact opening of the original to the ending being very similar to Star Wars. At no point watching the film, I I, I listened to Maverick. I didn't think. I wasn't thinking. No. I was just watching. I was just enjoying. I was just doing. And that's like this film is so successful at every beat because that's what it wants you to do. Like simple stuff. Like the enemy in this movie is the enemy. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not, not a country. Russians, it's not North yeah. Korea. It's not Iran. It's the enemy. <laughs> and that's, that's all you get. And to the point where like, I think the, the helicopters that the, the enemy uses are the only army that uses those helicopters are Russian. The planes, the only army that uses those planes, I think is Iran. And the helmets that the pilots are shown wearing of the enemy, the only country that wears them is North Korea. So it's kind of a oh. bit from all of the the quote unquote bad guys of American war cinema. Without but having to say. Not, yeah. So it's like, oh, we've kind of cherry picked all the ones that traditionally we say are the bad guys, but we're not actually going to do any of that. But that's also, like you said, box office wise, it's, it's probably smart to not even, yeah. Acknowledge Don't even label who the villain is. Just say they're the bad guys. And but a super interesting thing about this movie is, uh, so they refuse to release it in Russia because oh, yeah. of the current Ukraine thing. But also, Tom Cruise uh, when he puts on his jacket, when Maverick puts on the jacket, and he has all the patches. One of the patches is a patch uh, for a, a engagement that happened with Taiwan, and China were like, "You've got to get rid of that because that says that they're a sovereign nation and they're not. They're a part of uh, China." And the movie was like, "No." So this movie hasn't been released in China and it is still the sixth highest earning film of all time without China and Russia. That's how much fucking money that's, this movie made. I was going to say, that's crazy. Well, I didn't even know it hadn't been released in China. Yeah, and China were like, but, you can't release it with that patch on his jacket. And Tom Cruise was like, then you can suck both of these bad boys <laughs> and went off and made a billion dollars. Yeah, because what, it outgrossed the new Marvel movie, Titanic. Yeah. Like it's taken down all the big boys. It's... and. I know it's technically a friend, like it's a sequel, so it's technically part of a pre-existing property, but all the other big boys that do this are like riding off the backs, of, apart from your Titanic and your Avatar, which is riding off essentially the James Cameron name. Like they're all like parts of the Caribbean movies and things like that in the Fast mm-hmm. and the Furious. They're all ones that are riding off a franchise that is currently active. For this essentially to just rock up me like, hey, 36 years ago, some topless dudes flew a plane. We're doing that again. Give me a billion dollars. And, and the I world think- to go, Yes. You could see this one, I reckon, without seeing Top Gun and you would still understand mm. everything that's going on. Like yeah. they went into the backstory well, enough that you know yeah. who Rooster is and you don't need to see Top Gun to see this. Yeah, um, and it's, it's well, well, so smart. And that was what I was going to ask Michelle. Like I know she just watched Top Gun and then watched the new one, but I was going to ask, did you feel like you could have gone in blind and watched that one? Because yeah. that's what I was thinking. Like I, I prefer to tell people, watch the original or watch... Yeah, the sequels before you go say like Scream 4 or something like that. Like, why would you not watch the others? But this is definitely a movie that has enough background information that you could be a new person and go and watch this one and not have seen the first one. Yeah, I think it helps like having seen the original, but like, yeah, you wouldn't have needed to. You weren't missing anything. I think you could easily see it without watching Top Gun. Yeah, and I think something else this film does really well is it has everything that like diehard fans want from the original like again doesn't have john it doesn't have bruce willis you're reading me for dad jokes i thought i was just gonna say that you said diehard fans i'm like well there's no bruce willis top gun fans then if you want to be specific but on on box office before we move off that the only films that are currently above the the lifetime grosses of a film than Top Gun Maverick moment, a Black Panther, which was riding off all of the Marvel stuff, mm. Avatar, which at the time it came out was the biggest film ever and was riding off James Cameron and Titanic, mm. Spider-Man No Way Home, again, riding off all the Marvel stuff, 
Avengers Endgame, which was writing off 10 years of consistent Marvel movies, and episode seven of Star Wars, which was writing off the entire world being in love with Star Wars. Like, those are some huge franchises and things. Episode seven, really? And episode is- seven is the top, top grossing film of and all time. And this is better than... Really? Oh, I didn't even know that. I would say, I don't know about better. Better is, I think, like right now, today, the one I would watch at the cinema again more mm-hmm. than any other is Top Gun Maverick. Oh. I would rather see that than any of the other films in the Out cinema of again. That mm-hmm. list, this one would be higher for me than the rest yeah. of them that I've never seen besides Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and oh. like, also, this film is currently still in cinemas. That's the other thing that's important. It's been right? out, it what it come it. out like the 22nd of May, I think it was. Yeah. It made $6 million this weekend in the States alone. Jeez. <laughs> like it's it's not going away. It's probably going to wind up. I reckon it's going to wind up maybe four. I reckon it might take down Avatar, and only be bested by Spider Man, Avengers Endgame, and Episode Seven. Like that is just insane. It's the mm. highest grossing mm. Tom Cruise movie ever. He's never made a billion dollars on a film ever, which blew my mind. That's surprising. Mm. Yeah. Like ever, he's what sixty? He's just turned sixty. He looks good for 60. He looks good for 20. He looks amazing in this movie. No, I I was thinking the same thing. I was trying to like 86. He would have been roughly this. Now, you can work the A's out, but Maverick doesn't look like he's aged too much in those subsequent years. But what he does do is it looks like he's aged enough, which I think is pretty good because like Tom Cruise works really hard to never age and never die in his movies. Mm. That's kind of like his shtick now. Is like he's always the same age. He has similar hair, similar fashion, and you know, so you can't really pigeonhole him as being like, oh, he's you know, older now. But this film is, it doesn't exist in any realm or t- it almost exists in its own universe. Like you know, it's part of that with the enemy stuff, but also with like nothing in the world that happens really connects with anything else in the world. We don't really know what year it is in the movie. Like it. It's kind of around 2019, we guess, because that's when they filmed it. But also mm. nothing that happens in the movie is very specific to any period in time. They very deliberately don't discuss any world issues or political issues. There's nothing to age it, which means you, we can be sitting watching this movie in another 36 years and, you know, showing it to our, our kids or showing it to our friends or showing it to whoever has like never seen Top Gun Maverick because they're losers. And like. <laughs> You can watch this like it came out today. Well, they kind of would be losers. They've made so much box office. You'd have to be one of the few people in the world. Yeah, in 36 more years, you you hope everyone's seen You haven't seen Top Gun Maverick in 36 years. When you're watching this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) There's going to be a streaming service that is just Top Gun Maverick. You're going to start it. It'll be like Netflix, it'll be Stan, and it'll be Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) This will be the three streamers. (laughs) That'll be it. It's going to be incredible. Um. As a like as a fan of the original cable, mm. how did you feel about pretty much everyone from the original except for Maverick <laughs> and a bit of Iceman just being ousted? Like, got, like most of those actors are still alive. In fact, the actor that is the hardest to get in to Top Gun Maverick because of health issues is Val Kilmer. Yeah, and they did that beautifully. But like as someone who grew up loving it, how did you feel when you got to the sequel and was like? There's none of them. None of them are here. Um, no, I was not offended. I mean, you can't you can't have everyone. I, I I guess there's some of the other guys that are in the first one. Um, you could possibly have had back in the 
um, what's his name? John Hamroll or, um, or who was the other one? Uh, I can't what was his Warlock was his Warlock. Yeah, I mean Warlock. Yeah, it, it was definitely you probably could have pulled back and got some of the ones that were again there back in the day. Uh, you know, especially like the volleyball scene and stuff like that. Guys that were there. Uh, that would be funny if they redid the volleyball scene with the original actors. Oh, no, oh, <laughs> that would have been so disappointing. Not many of them look like Tom Cruise today. <laughs> no, no. Well, I was going to say, uh, Tim Robbins obviously was in the first movie. and He does not he's... look like Tom Hanks these days. He has not aged well. No, no. But I'm saying if he was in an Admiral-type role or something like that, uh, it would have been good. I thought it was funny because the Ed Harris character did feel like it was trying to be the strickland type character from the first one uh you know in breaking rules and doing the wrong things and he's in it for like what five minutes uh, yeah that's just because the director uh absolutely loves ed harris and always wants yes. to cast him in something when ed harris basically yelled at someone and that's mm-hmm. all he cared about and ed harris was like yeah i'll be a uh, maverick yeah look I, I look i'm not i'm not i wasn't losing sleep over it to be honest i think it was great to have Val Kilmer. Like, I know a few people had heard that he filmed scenes. I sort of stayed away from stuff. So yeah, I had no I, idea. So I yeah, so I, yeah, it was, I was right. Like me and my sister, like nudging each other when he came on screen because I know of his health issues and they use that as part of the narrative as well, which was kind so of cool. Well. But I, I thought it was funny when you were seeing the text message, I'm like, oh, well, that's a way of getting around. We're not going to see him is we'll just see texts from Iceman or whatever and then, you know, look at the photo, the nostalgic photo of him yeah. in the uniform and all that. And then all of a sudden he comes in and he has a scene and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's awesome. Uh, and I think Val Kilmer deserves, like, a Best Supporting Actor Academy Award for what he – like, he does so much with his eyes and just pointing at a computer screen mm. – that makes you want to cry. And then the few lines he does say, I was like, oh my God, which I found afterwards. I don't know if you guys read this. He didn't yeah. say them. No, no he didn't. No, artificial he intelligence. Or, they got yeah, AI they... to learn Val Kilmer's voice based off his film roles. Yeah. And then he just like mouthed it mm-hmm. and they used AI to speak for him, which incredible. So mm. good. I also think if you can do that that well, and he still acts that well, put him back in movies, please. <laughs> Yes. I want him back in the bat suit. That would be incredible. Oh, Bring it. In the new Flash movie. Hey, we've already got old man Keaton. Let's get old let's get a, a no way home Batman situation. Well going that on. that that's oh, let's not get too off the beaten path, but uh that's if those movies come out. <laughs> yeah, Flash is in Flash is in danger zone. Flash is in big trouble. Danger in big trouble. Um, um good top gun reference. Okay. Um <laughs> But yeah, but, I thought Val Kilmer just incredible in this movie. I thought I thought one of the more interesting things was the whole what were they going to do with Kelly McGillis? And it was like, there's no obligation. She's not contracted to do a sequel or anything like no. that. But I do find it always weird that when people don't get asked back and, okay, you might not have a role, you decide not to script them, you move in a different direction. But I sometimes think just out of courtesy, like you just say, look, we're doing Top Gun 2, but we're going in a different direction just like a polite i don't know i just that that's just me and i i don't know like they obviously didn't go there she wasn't i don't think she was contacted was i just, think i know like meg ryan wasn't contacted at all tim robbins wasn't contacted or tom scarrett wasn't contacted at all there was no discussion oh, well, about yeah. it at all and i think honestly like doing nothing but think about this movie for the last couple of weeks i think it's great because it strips away all the fat and all of the unnecessary stuff so this movie can just move along at the pace that it does like if there's a scene where he walks into the bar 
and instead of Jennifer Connelly, it's Meg Ryan behind the bar. Well, then you've got to have like 15 minutes of the movie dedicated to them, like reminiscing about Goose mm-hmm. and talking about the troubles that he's having with Rooster and the troubles that she's had with Rooster and going over all this stuff that doesn't need to be there. Whereas it's just like, yeah, he's mad at me because I pulled his papers. Why'd you do that? I promised his mum I'd do it before she died. All right, it's cool. So Meg Ryan's dead. That's yeah. why she's not here. And that's mm-hmm. why they're angry. And now back to the planes, please. And that's yeah. exactly what they do. And it's the same yeah. way if Tom Skerritt was there. Then you've also got to have like, well, first you've got to explain what the fuck is Tom Skerritt still doing in the Navy 36 yeah. years later? He was old in the first one. Yeah. But it's like everything you need from the, the first cast, I think you get in that one scene with Iceman. But it also shows you like everyone else has moved on. Everyone yeah. else has moved on with their well, lives except, except Maverick. Maverick. And that yeah. is what makes this film so good. And that's I like that's why I'm not I'm not overly disappointed. But I think there there's still a bit of this movie that's very still leans in the to the nostalgia of the first one that you sort of think, well, as long as it's not just a fan service, like you said, like it still would have been nice to maybe see Meg Ryan Meg Ryan. You could have had just a really quick exposition scene. And it's be a, a few seconds even, like with her just saying, Maverick, just please don't just before she died or something like that, or, you know, just please, I just want you to make me this promise. And that can be a flashback scene. And then if they use it, they use it or whatever. But um, yeah, and you, you don't, you probably don't need Tim Robbins. You don't, like you said, Tom Skerritt was already old in that first movie. Um, there's definitely some others you probably don't necessarily. Yeah. Iceman was the guy that you have, but, um, but can I bring up the casting choice of the decade or the this century? Hangman. No, it was Jennifer Connelly in her role. Now, I think, unfortunately, I still think it was maybe too smallish or it's still a bit, not her fault, but maybe still not, it was probably not the best written, I can't explain it, but I think it could have done with some work, a bit more scripting around that. But overall, I think that was such a solid choice for that character. Yeah, I think she's great. And I, I love that she, that her character is Admiral's. technically Admiral. a callback. Yeah, yeah I like that too. Penny Benjamin, she's the, She's the girl that gets mentioned in a scene. So it's still, it's still directly connected. And it yeah. also gives you that instant history because it's, you know, I didn't pick it up straight away. It took me uh, probably 20 minutes to be like, hang on, wait, that, that name got mentioned. But diehard fans obviously would have been like, hang on, I know that name. What the fuck? That's Penny Benjamin. And you get that 36 years of history in there. And then when they start talking about how they've been on again, off again for so long, you're like, oh yeah. Like this is a real lived in world that Maverick has been toying around with for a while which is pretty cool i think yeah i think you were you're pretty on the money there michelle with your cut like glenn powell is a revelation in this movie (laughs) we're entering the decade of powell i think after top gun maverick because he's been due for a while to like burst on the scene yeah he was good in screen queens yeah he's good in screen queens he's he's been good in everything he's done he's just never had like like a star he's, ne- he's never been in the sixth biggest film of all time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um True. and he he was so close to being rooster as well mm-hmm. and then when he didn't get rooster they wrote this for him. down he turned it down too they oh. wrote in the hangman part like we want you this movie he's like no rooster or nada and they're like rethink your position Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> yes it's not you're not going to be rooster so tom cruise has and said I- it's not you that means it's not you <laughs> And that's that's the other thing. I mean, the other great casting I think was definitely Miles Teller, and I, I, I he was amazing in Whiplash. And I, I feel like, at least from a Hollywood perspective, I feel like I wouldn't say on the nose, but his last couple of movies and 
maybe dramas in the background. He his stocks have dropped, and then he was in this. I'm like, oh, who's he going to be? And that was the other thing. Oh, we're going to bring that up too at some point. But I just think he just nailed being Goose's son big time. Yes. Like he, it was like, is he not Anthony Edwards' son in real life? <laughs> like it's like what? Um, he was so good, but I, that was the only thing I was a bit disappointed with in the last trailer to drop before the movie. I knew there was a rooster character. I knew Mike Teller was in it, but I didn't know he was going to be Goose's son. And I kind of would have liked that reveal in the cinema, but it was revealed in the trailer. See, I skipped all. I didn't yeah, see Yeah, so I was kind of yeah. like, oh. I'm I knew like, he was oh. in it and I was excited because I liked him. Um, mm. And I remember reading that his next movie after Top Gun was going to be with the same director, which mm. was Spiderhead, the Netflix film, which I wound up watching before I saw Top Gun Maverick and is fine, but it's not amazing. It's very forgettable. It's kind of, I think Spiderhead is what you get when you give the director of Top Gun Maverick a very small budget and COVID restrictions and be like, make something really fun and exciting. It's like, all right, so 95% of it is going to be shot in a room with two people and that's kind of it. So I, I went, I'm going in reverse order with this guy's career. So I watched Spiderhead and I was like, this guy's doing Top Gun Maverick. All right. And then I watched Top Gun Maverick like, this guy should do every movie ever. <laughs> give him every, give him all the money to make everything. He's the next Christopher Nolan. This guy's a genius. Um, but yeah, I think Miles Taylor is, he's just freaking great. Like, he doesn't get to do much for the first half of the movie either. I didn't realize at first. No, he, he doesn't say talks. much. <laughs> he just kind of broods mm. and gets talked about. And then suddenly in the, the final act, it's like, oh no, this is the Tom and Miles show now. This is it, it's a buddy comedy for a bit. It did take me a second at the start to go, is he Maverick's son? Like at the very beginning, when you saw like his photo on the wall. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, did he have a son? Like, is that what we're talking about? That's well, no, because it's not explicitly stated. Like if you didn't watch the trailers, if you just go in cold, like you and I did. Yeah. You'd, like, you'd there's nothing know. that you get given at any point up until they kind of Basically, until he starts playing Great Balls of Fire, and you're like, "Oh, it's that kid that was on the piano." Yeah. Uh, See, maybe, and maybe that's the part that I was like, "Ah, that's because I was spoiled by that revelation in the trailer." The Great Balls of Fire thing, to me, wasn't as exciting a reveal because I already knew it, and then it kind of felt like overly nostalgic, cheesy. Like, what he's playing the same song his dad played. Yeah, 36 years earlier. Like, I'm like, oh, could he have done something else? Like, I don't know. I just, that's why I'm like, is that too much? I don't know. Yeah, I, I like the Great Balls of Fire scene in this one better than the original. Mm, I think it same. worked better. The first one, it felt like really forced. It's like, oh, yeah, we need to get them singing, having fun. So we're just going to put this scene here. And it's like, why are they singing at the piano right now? <laughs> it just felt a bit weird. Whereas in this one, it's like, oh, no, this is him like, this is him announcing to the audience, like, hey, wink, wink, I'm Goose's son. But it's also mm-hmm. him announcing to the the other Top Gun people, like, I'm going to do my thing and I'm also going to be really good at it and you're mm. all going to have to come along. So, like, the power move of ripping out the the power cord from the um, the the Wurlitzer and being like, no, fuck this, we're getting live piano music from me. Mm-hmm. Not only that, you're all going to sing along. Like, yeah. oh, okay, that tells me a lot about this guy. And it actually seemed to be something that, connected to the story whereas in the original it's just like okay here's tom cruise and anthony edwards singing for a bit mm-hmm. next scene <laughs> um the filming of this movie is worth talking about because they made new cameras to film this movie like they had to build new cameras 
So all of the shots, I don't know if anyone who's listening to this didn't do all the reading that we all did because maybe they're not as obsessed with it as we are. But so all of the shots of the guys in the and girls in the cockpits are real. They're all really shot in their planes. There's like very, very minimal moments of CGI just to like tidy some stuff up. But everyone's in the plane flying around. Insane stuff where like the... So they're double cockpits. There's a real pilot in the front. The actors are in the back and then they look like they're flying. They would go up for like two and a half hours without the director, without any radio contact. And they would have to turn the camera on and off and like kind of set up their shot and do everything. And then they'd land and then the director would check it and they're like, okay, we need to fix this, do it again. And they go up and do it again. But the way they got the cameras in, they had six IMAX cameras in the cockpit. And if no one has seen an IMAX camera before, Google it while you listen to this. They're fucking huge. <laughs> so Tom Cruise and his, his guys basically went in and like, we got to rebuild it. And the way they rebuilt it is they built like a detachable camera. So the lens detached from the body so that they could get the lens like in the dash of the plane really close to the actors and then hide the body underneath where it didn't get in the way. But it meant they could get like camera after camera around them. And then they had cameras on the wings as well and other places. So when they went up, they were getting all these insane shots. And then all the over the shoulder shots are the real pilots which they also were doing at the same time because they're like, we're flying a plane, we're getting everything. And they re-engineered how to film IMAX, which everyone thought couldn't be done to get these shots to prove to everyone, you don't need CGI uh, for one, but also like it's worth it because when you watch it, you can tell. I don't know how you guys felt, but when I watched it, I was like, oh, this shit is real. Yeah. I, had, yeah. I hadn't read anything. I didn't know they really did at the time, but I was no, watching like, like, how do they do this? It's actually <laughs> happening. This is, yeah. this is not fake. And I knew Tom Cruise... Uh, is a pilot in real mm-hmm. life, but I was like, "There's no way he's doing he's all that." Sort of a pilot, like <laughs> yeah. he's still Tom Cruise. He's not an actual naval aviator. <laughs> he is flying at the end, though, isn't he? Like when he takes he's any flying Benjamin at the off. end mm-hmm. in his own plane. Yeah, that's really his plane at the very end. Taking Jennifer Connelly, and Jennifer on. Connelly is really terrified of flying in mm-hmm. real life. That's how fucking good Tom Cruise is. And they did the um convince... the boat scene with them as well, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can convince someone who's terrified of flying to get in a plane that he owns and works on himself and he flies it around and mm-hmm. you will go, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, Tom Cruise. I'll I think that, I think that's really interesting that you brought all that stuff up because that is another reason why we haven't had a Top Gun sequel probably for a long time. Either. The technology needed to catch up. True, but I think... Well, they had the technology, but when they shot in 86, but it cost a fortune to put every jet up and film, like you said, for a certain amount of time, then bring it down, refuel, all that sort of stuff. To get all the shots, while, yeah, it was just a very expensive part of the budget. Uh, that I think it was like, something like in when they made the original, it was like seven or $8,000 an hour yeah. per plane so, in the sky. And that's in like yes. early 80s money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Inflation. And most yeah. of that was like fuel that they had yeah. to cover. So like that. It would have been crazy as hell. And that's what I've always heard that, you know, there was always a want for a sequel, but it was kind of like, well, it's we love doing it, but it's just so, you know, not cost efficient to do as a movie. Like it's better off to do like a Fast and the Furious with cars and, a lot easier doing uh fighter jets is not you know something you'd want to be doing too often so that's why i guess top gun maverick hadn't seen the light of day for a long time i know there's always been talks and rumors and a push even probably from tom cruise to do a sequel but it was like you said getting the technology right now and i'm sure 
it still costs them a bloody mint to do all that stuff. But then now they're probably going, well, yeah. now we know what to do. If we do a sequel, then it's probably going to be a little bit more uh, cost effective now that we've come up with the technology. Well, they've made their money back. So I think yeah, they're okay well. there. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Kev. I've heard this, this exact uh, thing said before about another film franchise where they really wanted to make another one but the technology didn't quite exist and the cost was too high and that film was the phantom menace yeah, yes <laughs> so that kind of went the other way uh but yeah i think it's 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 a testament to like how badly this crew wanted to make a, a film like an actual movie you know when you hear like people like tarantino and christopher nolan are like we lugged this friggin panamax film camera up a fucking mountain on a camelback because we wanted to get this shot and it had to be on celluloid and it had to be this particular camera and you're like you guys are pretty committed i think this like ratchets it up a notch it's one crew like no we're we're gonna reinvent the wheel yeah we're not gonna we're not using gopros we're going we're not doing anything uh that isn't going to look absolutely insane Mm -hmm. i was also listening to an interview with the director where he said there's a few shots uh where you can actually see the camera reflected in the cockpit glass and that's because when they went in and touched it up, it fucked with the background and it made it look just for like a few beats, like it was CGI. And they're like, no, we've worked too hard and everyone involved <laughs> has worked too hard to make this look real. Leave it in. Either you can see the camera and know it's real, then think for even a half a second that we CGI'd this shit because wow. we, yeah. we've done too much. And I was like, yeah. that's right. That's so good. <laughs> Every story I hear about this movie, I'm like, yes, more, more goodness. Um, well, it's funny you say that too because I'm sure a lot of that will feature in the upcoming Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah, I'm Ultra, Ultra HD, forty minutes. Special. Yeah, features. I think. Oh, were you the one that shared that with us? I think probably the really yeah the yeah. amount of documentary stuff, which I feel like with movies now is especially newer movies. They I feel like they don't put as much stuff on as they used to, or they're just little. Featurettes that you've seen before because they're already on their YouTube channel or their website or and they're all just promo Disney stuff. Plus. Mm. Yeah, like, promo stuff. It's the well, actors sitting around talking about how much they like each other, and yeah. it's like coming out on the twenty sixth. And like yeah. this isn't behind the scenes. This yeah, is we want to know how this was made. Yeah, so, yeah. and so I guess it's, it's not as interesting in a lot of movies how it's made. Mm, that's true. Not anymore because I th- yeah I think we oh, I like to think anyone that's listening to this podcast too is a movie fan that watches. Um, documentaries and listens to commentaries and stuff and like it is it does become second nature when you start to know all this stuff it's like, eh, do I need to watch a documentary on you know the rise of Skywalker or something else you're like eh, I didn't love it enough and it's like oh well you know it's the same old Disney uh, Star Wars movie they they're all pretty much made the same all that sort of stuff and I think the only time we really go back is these old classics that are now getting re-released and with new information and re- retrospective documentaries and stuff like that, which is awesome. Oh, I watched like the two-hour documentary on Friday the 13th Part 4 the other day. <laughs> well, that, that, that's I'll what I mean. the behind the scenes of the old movies for yeah, sure. But that, well, but that's what I mean. That's that's what I'm saying. Like all these box sets that are coming out, whether it's, you know, you you I'm assuming you're talking about the a Friday the 13th box set that came out last year. Mm-hmm. That I got, you know, it's mm-hmm. got just amazing amount of, source uh, you know background material and uh, you know documentaries and stuff like that and then the child's play movies are coming out so all these sort of classic cult films are getting these 
you know, touch-ups with also our oh, Halloween's another franchise, but like, you know, getting all this background material and people coming back for documentaries. So people are looking for that stuff, but to get possibly that sort of stuff already for Top Gun Mavericks already exciting. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's hundred, I think 140 minutes of like special features coming out. This movie, uh, they've got the, the special features. They've also got additional footage because I don't know if you guys looked this up. Do you know how much footage they shot for Top Gun Maverick? How many hours of footage? Are you are you talking about like rough cut or are you talking about just... So like when they finish the... filming, they're like, all right, here's all the footage we've got. Let's start assembling the movie. How many hours of footage do they have at the end of filming? No idea. I, was, I can imagine it being ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it'll be a lot. If you're talking about in cockpit footage of everything... Mm. They had over gonna... 800 hours of footage, yeah. which is wow. more than all three Lord of the Rings movies combined. And you want to see it all, don't you? I, I honestly <laughs> would. I want to see every angle, every outtake, <laughs> every blooper. I want to watch a shot. They're like, okay, so this shot we didn't use because you can see the sun isn't quite in the right location. Mm -hmm. So this is the next shot we got. Was well, that guy's like it. throwing up or whatever. You know what's crazy? <laughs> that's almost like a reality show that's filmed for a few weeks and they they tape everything and then... They go, here's all the tapes of the editing suite. And like you said, 800 hours to sit through for a 45 minute episode yeah, here and like there. You know? When it's I crazy. edit these podcasts. <laughs> wow. Burba fair. Burba fair. <laughs> uh, one of the, the things that they did shoot a lot of footage of is I know Michelle's uh, favorite scene, the beach scene. We'll see the where's redo. the extra, what, 101 minutes of that? <laughs> yeah, well it exists because this is my favorite uh thing behind the scenes in this movie they filmed the beach scene they didn't tell any of the actors when they were going to do it because they were all like trying to get in oh see, crazy see this is shape. the chinese this is the chinese whispers i i got told they did know and they all got into shape and they shot their stuff but then they all let themselves go a little bit mm -hmm. because they're like oh, we're done and then tom cruise or and the director like oh, we probably need to go back and yeah and that was the thing it was yeah. like the, the call was like get up we're doing it again or we've got to do some more shots that's exactly and you, guys you panicking are, and trying to yeah, yeah. you're right that's it yeah. miles teller right. gave an interview where he said they didn't tell them what day they were filming it originally so yeah. they didn't know yeah. until like i think week off they're like all right it's on the slate for this week mm -hmm. but they didn't know in advance so they just had to stay jacked and they yeah okay it. and then no one told them for a couple of weeks um tom didn't like it <laughs> and then they were like we've got to shoot it again. You've got like two days notice. So they're all just out there just pumping iron like crazy. Yeah. I liked um, Glenn Powell's quote quickly. of like montages live forever. Which is true. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And damn, they look good. Every mm -hmm. single person on that screen, even Hondo looks good in that beach scene. That was incredible. Give me more Hondo. He was a great character. I want more of him. I want Every more of the guy. I want more of the guy at the start who like, yells stick that in your budget when tom cruise breaks mac 10 that was an like just an incredible role for that guy and he chewed up the scenery with it and it somehow worked um and we haven't talked about that at all like the start that tom cruise is or, or maverick is suddenly uh the greatest uh, and most, ever. <laughs> uh yeah experimental part of all time as he goes to mark 10 which mm -hmm. i don't think is Physically possible, possible at the moment. So. I think the highest anyone's gone is like Mark Four in reality, and he's pushing Mark oh, Ten. Really? Um, yeah, like that's that's just you die speeds. Don't you have a theory about this movie as well that we'll get? Uh, I have a theory. 
Is it to do with about Randy? Or? It's not my original. It's <laughs> this about one Randy. Randy was a hundred percent me. This one, uh, I I took uh, notes from different places around the internet, and then is I it to do together. with that first scene? Because I saw a theory as well. Uh huh. It's mm-hmm. it's got a lot to do with that first scene. Okay. Yeah. I think I might know where you're going with this one. And it's got a lot to do with what uh, I think makes this movie work so well in so many different ways. It, it's at the beginning when he's flying the the super plane and they're trying to break Mark 10 and you, they build him up to be the greatest hero of all time. It's like, you know what happens to you if you do this? He's like, I know what happens to everyone else if I don't, which no one else can make that line work. That would be a very bad line in a very bad movie. But when he said that in this movie, I was like, save us, Tom! It's not good! And he's flying and then the plane explodes. You see it burst into this death ball. And then the next thing he sees him like walking into this small town in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, he's like, where am I? And the little kid's like, Earth. He's dead. That's what I heard too. Maverick's yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. And the, the theory that has started to evolve, which I've gone down a wormhole of and started to develop my own theories, which I think is true. <laughs> the reason everything happens in this movie the way it does is because he's dead. And this is his death dream. This is like, as the plane is bursting the flames, this is what he sees before he dies. So, and all of it, like the fact that, uh, you know, he gets to hook back up with Penny Benjamin and she looks friggin' incredible and also happens to live in a dream beach house. Uh, she owns the bar. She owns, yeah, she owns she has bar. a Porsche career. <laughs> she has a friggin' yacht. Like she's a billionaire somehow. Um, you know, he, he gets to help raise a daughter, but he doesn't have to have any kids. So he doesn't have that responsibility. He gets to redeem himself with Goose. Uh, he gets to go back to Top Gun, which is like the greatest time of his life. He gets to reconnect with the Iceman, the best friend he's ever had. All of like the people who gave him hassles in his life are gone, but kind of replaced by similar figures like in a dream. If you're ever in your own house in a dream, it's never the same. It's always mm-hmm. different, but like, this is my house. So that's why you have like Cyclone and Warlock and whatever Ed Harris's character's name are, all are almost exactly the same archetypes as the original, but not quite. And then you have all the young guys doing exactly what Tom Cruise did when he was young and he's kind of watching it happen, but it's not him because you can never be the same in this dream as is in reality. And then down to the fact that like he should die twice in the, yes. in the final third of this movie yeah. and he doesn't because you can't die in a dream. <laughs> so that's why he like, he's about to get shot up by a helicopter and then miraculously the plane gets blown up by a rooster. Even before that, his plane gets blown up mm-hmm. and he miraculously is fine. And then everything that happens after that starts to become like almost comical because they're like, we're going to sneak down this mountain and steal this plane and fly it. And then we're going to shoot down the bad guys mm-hmm. and save the day. And they're going to buzz the tower. And I'm re- and all of it is just him like correcting the little mistakes he made in his life, but also living out his absolute best adventure where for some reason, the only person in the entire world who can handle this mission and save the entire world is Maverick. Like that's, there's no one else. And that's why there's no specific characteristics about which enemy, because he's not fighting a real war. He's fighting a dream war in his mind to save himself. Now, even if that is the real thing, if like one day the writers are like, Hey, yeah, we like, we wrote this whole thing as like Maverick's (laughs) death. Mm -hmm. And we, we did it, you know, and to see if anyone noticed, I'd be like, that makes this film even better. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, no, that's not true. I'm like, well, that theory holds up, which also makes this film even better. <laughs> so it's a win-win. Like yeah, no matter we, which way you go with it. We love a good theory on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Maverick's dead. Um, I, I love that. That scene kind of made me think a bit like kind of had the back to future vibes where he's in, 
he's in the when he comes in the the he's in the barn and he's got the suit the radioactive suit on and he's like that's oh, alien shoot it shoot it and it's like no and it's kind of reminded me of that like he just walks in he looks futuristic everyone looks like they're from the 1950s in this like diner and he's like when he says he's like where am I and he's like Earth. And it's like oh that's a good gag but it's kind of like. Hang on a sec. It's just, yeah. It's almost like he's gone back to the 1950s when he would have been a kid, and that little kid is him. Yeah. He's gone back in time, and he's like reliving his whole life mm. from like when he was a little kid through to him being like a young man going through Top Gun, yeah. and then finally being the the captain, the hero. Uh, also, the weird like speaking of walking into to bars, like when he walks into the bar just before his mission to see Penny, and he's in his full navy whites. Yeah. Yeah. Just like for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. No one else is doing that. <laughs> like when it cuts to Hangman and Rooster, none of those guys are walking around. They're like they're in their no. jumpsuits ready to go. And he's like, I need to go put on my finest <laughs> naval yeah, attire. To go I, I, I actually can't wait to, and I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't done a lot of research to find out what was cut from the movie. Like you said, like, there was a lot of footage, but I believe um, I heard somewhere, and, and I don't know, maybe the guys at Chatflix mentioned it, but there was definitely a lot more, I think the rough cut was a bit, quite a bit longer. Obviously, there was probably more character development for Penny and some of the other people. And then obviously, that's, you know, like poor Harvard and Yale who get mentioned when they walk in the bar and never yeah. speak again. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of, yeah. And a lot of that obviously gets sort of cut back for timing issues, which I think this movie is the perfect time. I think it didn't need to be a second longer. I think no. it's perfect no. time. It is. It is I mean, if you want to, if you want to be seamless. super picky, you could probably trim maybe five minutes somewhere to like really, tighten it up even more but overall i think it's a perfect length of a movie but you just wonder how much more stuff there was in the rough cut uh because i do feel like that that scene as well like i I don't know i've seen it twice so correct me if i'm wrong but when he was in the whites i felt like that was him also you know besides the theory of he was actually in a dream um that was him going to see penny but to make a commitment and kind of going, I'm going away. Um, I might not come back, but if I come back, it, this is you and me forever kind of thing. And almost like yeah. with the whites, it was almost like it was almost like this. Almost he was going to propose or something like. Yeah, it was very like, officer and a gentleman. Mm. Yeah, and that's what that was the vibe I got from it. And so I feel like there was probably stuff cut maybe from that scene, or they just left it as his. And I they don't do know, kind but... of they do that anyway later on when mm. he like says, "I'm never leaving again." Yeah, and she's like, "Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want that." Um, but yeah, like definitely, he uh, he's there to be like putting on a show. It's essentially a proposal with with no proposing going on yeah um the 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 secret uh like hero of this film that we haven't talked about yet is uh the legendary bob who has the best call sign yes uh which also i I found it after the fact is like a weird tom cruise thing that he does in his films where in most of his films especially the recent ones there is a a character or like a a thing called bob like there's always a bob in his movies um, and what I definitely didn't know when I was watching this until afterwards is that Bob is played by Lewis Pullman, who is the yes. son of the late great Bill Pullman, mm-hmm. who is in the only other movie that anyone should care about with fighter planes, Independence Day. So father and son. Oh, like, I thought, getting I thought you were going to say Spaceball. Done. He was a pilot. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fighter planes. He like Father and son have really made like F-14s the coolest things ever. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but God, how good was when, Bob? Did you just kill off Bill Pullman, or have I missed a death? That's what I just no. get. Isn't Bill Pullman dead? Bill, Bill Paxton is dead. Uh, Bill... Did Bill Pullman die as well? No, Bill Pullman's the one in Pleasantville, right? Pleasantville. That is a he's the one. Weird reference. reference. It's not a weird. I'm googling. Toby Maguire. You thinking of Toby Maguire? No, Bill Pullman. William H Macy. William H Macy's in. Pretty sure Bill Pullman's still alive. Bill Pullman's the one the mother falls in love with in Pleasantville. I hope Bill Pullman's still alive. I love Bill Pullman. I thought he died as well. I thought we lost both Bills. Oh wait, that's not even him. That's the other guy in Pleasantville. Bill Paxton. (laughs) (laughs) No, not Bill. (laughs) William H Macy. Macy. No, no. Who's the other Bill? Not the one from Titanic, because he's. A Bill, it's right? Billy Zane. Bill Paxton. <laughs> oh, well, there's Billy Zane too. <laughs> Bill, Bill Paxton and Billy Zane are in Titanic. Bill oh, so Pullman's in Bill Pullman. Day. Yeah, that's uh, not who I was thinking. Who the fuck is William it? William H. Macy is also technically a Bill because he's a Pleasant William. Bill. Billy Bob I'm, Thornton. I'm cutting all this out, I hope, you know? No, we're no, we're keeping this in. Because this is the best part um, of the podcast. Bill? Bill Duke. Bill Duke doesn't look anything like Bill oh, Paxton. Jeff Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> I was sure he was a Bill someone. That's who I had been thinking was Bob. I'm sure we can do six. I'm sure we can do six degrees of Kevin Bacon (laughs) version of Bill Pullman to Jeff Daniels. So Jeff Daniels is not Bill Pullman. Well, then I I have no idea who Bill Pullman is. I think I can give you that. I think I can give you mistaking Bill Pullman for Jeff Daniels. But Jeff Daniels played Bill Pullman in the Bill Pullman Pullman (laughs) biography. They look kind of similar. So which one's dead? Please tell me Bill Pullman's dead. I know Bill Paxton's dead, but is Bill Pullman dead as well? No, he's 68 and very much alive. Oh, that's amazing. I love Bill Pullman. I'm so happy that he's alive. Because I was waiting for you. just keeps getting better. I was waiting for you to reference Titanic, and I was like, no, that's that's Paxton. 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 Yeah. Wrong wrong Bill. Fuck. Yeah. Paxton is uh, is alien. Okay. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, long story short, Bob is his son. Bob was great. Bob is his son. Bob is Hollywood royalty. And is great in a role that very easily could have become farcical. And what's your call sign? Or whatever they said. And he's like, Bob. And they're like, no, your call sign. He's like, like, yes, Bob. Bob. Yeah, like he's sitting there eating nuts by himself (laughs) or something. And And just the He was the only shirt in that. No, he's like the biggest poindexter. Which I, I thought that was a great costume decision mm-hmm. for them to be like, Bob's not taking his shirt off. He's no, not that kind of guy. He doesn't need to. Even Phoenix is like in the smallest crop top ever. <laughs> it's like, if the senses were loud, I would have got shirtless. But <laughs> Bob's like, no, yeah. thank you. It's me and Hondo. We're keeping our shirts on. Thank you. <laughs> we did not want to spend all that time at the gym. Oh, I can't believe I spent that whole time thinking Jeff Daniels was his father. <laughs> I can't believe I spent this whole time thinking Bill Pullman was dead. <laughs> I'm elated. I'm genuinely so happy that he's with us. Oh, if we can only have Bill Paxton back. Man, now, now, oh, see, now I'm sad that he's dead. Uh, he's been, point. he's been in a few sequels too. Pullman or Paxton or Jeff Daniels? <laughs> Paxton. Well, we've already when they well, make Pleasantville two, we'll be fine. <laughs> Bill Paxton. Predator two. No, we've discussed this. Aliens. Aliens to Yeah, he's the only actor ever to be killed by uh, predator. Yeah, an a, a predator, an alien, and a Terminator. Is uh, is and technically Paxton. he's in. Is he in kind of retrospectively in a Terminator sequel as well? Because I think they redid. Well, yeah, he's in Terminator re- One. Yeah, but I think they did uh, from another angle. They reshot or reused the footage for one of the later. Films. Oh, like uh, yeah. Dark Fate, where they. They do like May, the, uh, the I, I'm, I'm, on the timeline. 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe or Genesis. I can't remember. They were one of those. Like two. completely off topic, but did you see there's that actor that has been killed by Mike Myers and Michael Myers? Just talking about him being killed yes. by everyone. Yeah. Yes. Oh, really? Who's that? Oh, um, big, big John big, uh, or Little John? Yeah. From the new from... one. Oh. In Kills, he was killed by Mike. Michael Mike, Myers. Or Austin Powers. Yeah, so. he's in Austin Powers and was killed by Mike Myers, killed by Dr. Evil. That's a pretty that's a pretty good get. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of people going to hit that Venn diagram. Good on him. <laughs> that's amazing. What movie are we talking about again? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The greatest, the greatest movie of all time. What do you grew your mustache for? That's another thing that makes this movie so good is it just, it, it reignites everyone's love and passion about movies. You start to wear yeah. Top Gun Maverick, you get excited about movies all over again. Yeah. And this is the thing I, I call my wife, because I went and saw this by myself in like a, a theater. I was away on tour and it was a theater that was showing a 9.30 session like a Monday night for some reason. And I was like, yes. I think that's what I went And I went, it was a cinema. 9.30 in the morning or night? Night, night, PM. Um, yeah, that's probably standard night, is it not? Yeah, but this wasn't like opening week. This was like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Uh, like they put that on instead of Thor: Love and Thunder. Wow, that's probably <laughs> a good choice. Yeah, yeah I, w- I was happy about it, but it was also a, a a cinema that sold beer as well. So it was just like me and two other people <laughs> sitting in the cinema. What cinema is this? This is awesome. Like, uh, where was that? Warburton, something like that. Oh, out, wow. out in the out in the sticks, but they were licensed. Well, was was it well, maybe they old... weren't licensed, and maybe the kid who was behind the counter was like, "You want a beer?" Ten bucks. Yeah, man. I'll pay ten bucks to drink a beer in a cinema. Good to <laughs> Watching me. Top Gun Maverick. Um, but it, I I call my like after I jumped in the group chat, I was like Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I called my wife and she was like, oh, "How was the movie?" I was like, "It's the most fun I've had in a cinema since high school," and yeah. it genuinely is. Like I I haven't walked mm. out of a movie feeling that just happy about having mm. seen a movie. I like how you went into the group chat before you called, before you called your wife. I went into the group chat before the credits were done. Like literally. <laughs> It, like the first credit came up and my did you like the after there, like, credit bah, 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 bah. sequence there was an after credit sequence yeah did you not watch it i don't think there was i think he's just nah. trying to this. he's just trying to make me feel bad <laughs> good i was gone i wish there was an after i got somebody i got somebody <laughs> i wish i wish the after credit sequence it just cut tom cruise's just, death stop, like his it's just Maverick's so? charred body just yeah. falling to earth yeah. <laughs> and just hitting the ground he feels <laughs> the need for speed yeah, I'm glad they didn't redo that one. Yeah. They yeah. a couple of them, but I, I did love I was, the, the constant, like, talk to me, Goose. I thought that was great. But also, like, how would Rooster know what Goose was saying? Like, he quotes Goose at one point. I can't remember what he says, but I know it was a quote. How would he have known that unless Maverick is dead? And well, because there was true. See, again, the theory holds up if he's dead, it holds up if mm-hmm. he's alive. Because if he's dead, then it's because this is all from Maverick's perspective. If he's alive, it's because there was, like, a very long period of time that him and Maverick were close before maverick pulled his papers so it's only been like yeah. four like seven years i think they i worked out roughly that they haven't been talking oh okay so prior to that like Ooh. he was around helping raise or being oh, like a part I, of his life yeah. i haven't even done the math but like you said it, it's great that it's never explicitly stated or we don't really see too much technology mobile phones and stuff to actually put a, a, a year on this film but very similar to Scream 5, which is all about legacy characters, and this kind of has that same feel about... So it's always got to come back. Movie. No, but, you know, one of the discussions was, well, can Billy have a daughter? You know, the age, everyone's working out the ages. And that was the one thing I sort of thought, I'm like, looking at Rooster, I'm like, mm, is he old enough to be Goose's son? 
you know, and that was the only other thing I was like, yeah. I so I, I I, look, I got, this. and it's only now that we're really talking about. It, I was like, I thought about it for a second, and I forgot about my just enjoyed the movie. But now that I think about it, it's like, does that even add up? Because he would have been like four in nineteen eighty six. Well, yeah. Well, when he's sitting on the piano, like he looks. Well, he'd be like two or three at, at yeah. most. I thought maybe. he would look older than that. Do, do they ever say how old he was when his dad dies? I don't. No, because he's he's there when in, well we don't but I, I remember he's only a little kid like he's I reckon he'd be five when he's maybe yeah well so I, well I'm even giving him a bit of an out and saying maybe three so so what does that put him at now so Miles Teller is thirty five yeah he's thirty five in real life but that's Miles Teller that's not Rooster mm-hmm. yeah but what 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 year was he born if he's thirty eighty seven well that's not a big Big stress. Well, but it's, it's it? been 36 years between Top Guns yeah. and he, the kid was at least five, four, let's yeah. say at least four years old. So the, if uh, that's the thing, if they explicitly said it in 2019, then that mm. means that Rooster should be 40. Oh. But maybe Rooster is 40. And he just looks really good for his age. Yeah. <laughs> like Tom Cruise is 60 and he does not look 60 in that movie. True. It's true. But, but I do feel like the actors are supposed to and or the f- fighter pilots, not that to be ages, but you think they're going to be around that sort of 21 to 20 or even maybe 30 ish mark. No, I think the thing with like, or, or is it just these characters is because these guys aren't doing Top Gun, like they've done, yeah, they've come, yeah, they've, and come they've graduated, back, yeah. so they've done Naval Academy, then they've been selected for mm-hmm. Top Gun, then they've done Top Gun, then they've gone off oh, and done missions. Yeah. Like Hangman has shot down a couple of MIGs, and then they've yeah. been called back. Yeah, so they true. should be like mid to late thirties by this point. Um, oh, okay. In terms yeah. of like their career, otherwise that doesn't add up. And so maybe I, that's where I'm sort of forgetting that they're coming back, Doc. The best, the best, bring back because I guess it's the the look of them almost being like a class, the whole the same class. Maybe I'm. And also, they're much. all incredibly good looking. <laughs> Like they're just ridiculous. Yeah, it's like Zoomlander. They're just ridiculously, ridiculously yeah. good looking. Just like oh, uh, just by sheer coincidence, uh, Glenn Powell and Miles Teller uh, in, in the same room at the same time, doing the same job. <laughs> Not because they're movie stars, just because they're regular people, and this is what regular people look like. Never but mind. I will, I will give. Them, I, will, I, will. I will. I will give them credit that in the how many years it's been since nineteen eighty six, they've diversified and. Not everyone's extremely white. Oh, that was True. an incredibly yeah. smart and appreciated move that there was not just women, but like everyone except for Bob and Rooster and Hangman was either Asian or African-American or Latino. But still only one woman? There wouldn't be more? Two, two women. Just no, one didn't get to talk. <laughs> yeah, look, it wasn't incredibly progressive because as we've discussed throughout this uh, with the exception of uh, Warlock and Hondo, who both don't get huge parts, all the main characters are still white dudes. <laughs> still very. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like look, it's you know, it's hard to be super critical, but I do feel like, and I know it was something I thought about, but it sort of, it was a bit of a thing I was already thinking about. But then I know again, the boys on Chatflix sort of touched on that. Still, maybe it was great that it felt a bit more progressive. In areas, but still, it still felt like the female characters were still, you know, secondary characters to the male stuff that was happening. Yeah. Um, and I agree with that. Like, I felt like it was weird because I understand Bob's position, but it felt like, hang on, why is Phoenix 
got like a gunner in her, but a lot of the other guys flew solo. That was something Even, I was trying to catch up. So Hangman, and it was kind of like it almost solo pilot. It sounds harsh, but it kind of feels like okay, maybe yeah. Bob's obviously very good with that. The laser, uh, sorry, the, the you know the, uh, the you know missile guidance, yeah, targeting system, all that sort of stuff. I get that, but then shouldn't everyone have like a gunner type thing? Like well, okay, I, maybe Maverick and Rooster are so good they don't need it. But I then think that's what Goose to was. Tell us at one point that. They like they have different jobs. Like the solo yeah. pilots have a different job to the plane. Yeah, a pilot and a like a co-pilot. So like it was. Yeah, I, I, look, I can't get it, but it... we're together, fanboy and payback. We're like a, yeah. a team. Mm. But then Rooster and Hangman were solo guys, and yeah. one of the other ones, Coyote was Coyote solo. I can't. Yeah, mm. I I think that's one of those things that are like. Yeah. Hey, look, we could explain it to you, but then we're a, we're a bunch of guys sitting around explaining aviation to <laughs> yeah. a bunch of people instead of just like yeah. showing you planes go past. Yeah. <laughs> but it, no, I, I guess it would have been nice to just have Phoenix as a solo, like to have a woman as solo, not feeling like, oh, she has to have a man with her too. You know what I mean? It's kind Ooh, of like, yeah. I'm sure maybe that's not what they meant, but it kind of was like, yeah, well, it kind of still feels like you're saying, oh, a woman can't fly a plane by herself. She has to have backup kind of thing. It's like, yeah, look, it would have been. It would have been great if one of uh, either Penny Benjamin, uh, Cyclone, um, Hangman, or Rooster was not white. That would have been really good if they or had if, been like... Or Phoenix had saved the day at the end instead of Hangman or something. Yeah, like make Phoenix the Hangman character. Like why couldn't Phoenix be the Hangman character? Mm. Why couldn't it be uh, mm. a Latino woman who is the main rival to Rooster? Who's like giving him shit and bit like you know you see Michelle Rodriguez kick the shit out of Vin Diesel. It's like all right, we can established in cinema yeah. that women can be equally as big of a pain in the ass as men, <laughs> especially in these kind of settings. But yeah, and it's it is hard to uh, get around that. It is a bummer. I mean, Glenn Powell does a pretty good job of earning his place there just by sheer virtue of being so charming, and same with Lewis Pullman being so fun as Bob. Mm-hmm. But it definitely would have benefited from just raising up the um. The well, it, it, look at look at, like in fairness to it's like a, it's an interesting you know dilemma possibly like if you're what you're saying is true that Ben Power went for Rooster didn't get it but they're kind of like fuck this guy's good we can find something for him we can write something for him it's like well but then you you take away from somewhere else so it's kind of like yeah he's a good looking bloke he's got charisma or whatever and he might be perfect for a character but if we're looking for the diversity we don't want to make it too white then maybe he's got oh, bad luck he misses out with miles teller's our guy for rooster and maybe there's another role for him or whatever but you know if we want to make phoenix I, like you said like i hadn't even thought about it. i think it would have been great to have rooster and phoenix head to head for something yeah, like different something... and she like even she could say cool he's like I've got a bigger set of balls than you, Rooster, you know, like and stuff like that, because that's funny. And she could say the, one like, of the greatest lines in the film was like, I can't remember the exact wording at the end. You probably, you guys might remember when they're flying off. It was like, you did good, Hangman. He's like, I am good. Yeah. Like yeah. just the most arrogant thing yeah. at the, the one moment where it's like, there's almost a little bit of sweetness. He's like, no, I'm not <laughs> Like, there's no reason Phoenix couldn't have said that line. And yeah, there's nothing that would have been lost by the rivalry being, you know, between. Rooster and Phoenix, as opposed to, I know they were going for like, hey, Hangman kind of looks like Val Kilmer a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think that was yeah the thing. But 
we like we got that. We didn't need to see it be the physical embodiment of Val Kilmer. It could have been in the attitude and the vibe. But look, this is this is very small nitpicking, and it's it's no fault of the actors playing the parts. Mm. I think everyone in this film does a freaking great job for what is an action movie about planes go fast. Mm-hmm. Like they really nail us giving a shit about them. Like when uh, is it Coyote or Payback? Who who blacks out from the G force when they go and they almost crash? I think it's Coyote. They go up, they black out, and like, and this is not a character who's been like a big part of it. Yeah, they're just one of the crew. But I genuinely was like, oh my god, I hope they don't kill this guy. Mm. I think they might kill. Oh Jesus, they're gonna die. No, then... see, see, that's where I thought they should have killed him. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> no, it's harsh. But I said to my sister, I was like, that's where you 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 give it that extra add the stakes. You go, this is a suicide mission, like. I was actually surprised they didn't kill anyone. Did they not kill? I, I don't think they didn't kill anyone, did they? No, everyone. Yeah, lives. see, I, I I thought the fact that that was the only criticism. Like, you, don't get me wrong. Except absolutely for fun because Maverick, Maverick dies at the start. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So that's why no one else dies because they're all dead. Well, all, both two times I watched it, it was a lot of fun, totally absorbed. But if you really want to strip it back, really nitpick, I feel like one of the weaker things, like. You want us to go on this journey and say, well, there's two miracles that have to happen and they're almost impossible. Like the odds to do both are like just astronomical. But in the end, we do both. And then Tom Cruise, like you said, is almost pretty much shot down and he gets saved at the last second again and again. You kind of have to have some collateral damage. Someone has to be, you know, it sounds harsh, but someone has to die. And I just thought, oh, that's that's the death scene. That's at least one of them that they could have had where they go, Oh shit! This is real big sum, and that's the thing. John Ham's cyclone said a couple of times. This kind of is potentially suicide mission. These people are here; they know yeah, what the risks are. Coming back, and you yeah. go. I feel like it's like, and you didn't kill anyone. Like, I don't know. It just feels a bit weak if you don't, because it kind of takes away. You built it up to be this the impossible mission, and like you're saying, like you, you if you, you reference the A New Hope trench scene, and you know that Luke has to do and so many X-Wings get shot down in that and you go, how did all of them survive and get home safely? I was like, because yeah, that's what I don't buy. Because yeah. by Maverick, baby. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Well, and that's the thing. They show the training sort of montage where they're all really struggling and don't have belief and then they see Maverick do it and then all of a sudden they've they can they've got mm. the belief to do it. And it's like, yeah, but if you can't physically do it, that's a big, I don't know. Anyway, I thought... The, the the scene where he blacks out, I thought that was the perfect time to show shit. This is real. We've just lost someone. I know we had Phoenix. Did they not? They well, ejected. Crashed. Yeah. They ejected. Yeah. And yeah immediately but, afterwards, yeah. birds hit them and they have to do a jet. But the, okay, so I was thinking about this a lot. And I think the thing is one, if you kill someone like in the training part, he's straight up redoing Goose, which, you know, is the central story point of this movie is like it is maverick is just incapable of moving past goose's death he, he he's stagnant he's been stagnant for 36 years he refuses to get a promotion because it means he won't be able to fly anymore and in his life he just can't move beyond that moment where he feels responsible for his best friend dying and now he's in a situation where he's responsible for not letting his best friend's son die and that's the you know conflict between them and i think if the whole movie is about maverick trying to move past goose's death one, if you replicate a training death, it's just like, oh yeah, people die in training all the time. Mm-hmm. So it really minimizes that ghost that's living over. 
But two, that's another fucking thing that Maverick has to get over. He's shown us in the last movie, he can't get over someone dying when he's responsible. He's responsible for all these people. If he can't save them, then his redemption with Rooster at the end, it, it wouldn't have the impact because it's like, okay, now I got to go find Phoenix's mum and spend the next 36 years trying to reconcile with, <laughs> like it just becomes this endless Top Gun journey. Maverick 3. <laughs> Whereas with this one, it's him, yeah. no, so I don't, it's him I, I don't trying know to get I... over Goose. No, I get that, but I don't know if I totally agree with that. I, I, I feel like you feel bad and feel a bit of ownership over someone dying. But again, he's brought in for this mission to help train these people to do the impossible mission. You know you're going to let – they've explicitly said these people are here. I don't know if they say a suicide mission, but they say like, you know. Yeah, they, they, like, they, not they everyone's going to live. Like they knew the risks or whatever. And, and so I, I – feel like in that scenario they've got to train and know they can get up that mountain and get out and if this they're doing these scenarios they're running the simulations if someone can't hack it or unfortunately can't you know blacks out like that's it's not on maverick and i don't think he's known the but people neither for was five goose's minutes. death like goose's death wasn't no on it's not it's but not he can't but get past it yeah but it's not but that's that's a completely different scenario these are kids that they He's just training up. He's known for five minutes. He has no connection. He knows. He was mates with Goose. They were partners for a long time. And he knows his wife. He knows his kid. There's a lot more baggage there. that, And he probably does feel a sense of guilt, over, even though it wasn't his fault. And he's he holding. absolutely does. He's in the war there holding Goose while he's dead. Like, it's a little bit different. I I it's definitely just different, but I think I you're he's... not going to get the emotional catharsis that you get at the end if it's just like if there's just a trail of bodies behind Maverick. Mm. Like if the only thing he has to he's not Jason Voorhees, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll agree to disagree because I I know what you're saying. You would feel a sense of some sort of guilt, but at the end of the day, you want all your your soldiers to come back. But I think they all knew what they signed up for, and it was you know what. The Navy expect them to do is His get the job done, and if unfortunately, yeah, go go and be the best of the best of the best, and goddamn, just be sexy while you're doing it. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone in this cast, I'm looking at the the photo, all the headshots on IMDb right now, and they're just every single one of them is a supermodel. It's insane. That must be a requirement. To get I just can't movie. wait for the Hot Shots Three movie. You know what I, oh, I after Top I watched Top Gun Maverick and I I can't stream it yet. I went and I was Hot like, Shots. I'll watch Hot Shots. It does not hold up. <laughs> does not hold. It is very slow. It is very slow movie. I've always been a bit more partial to the sequel Part Two. Well, I'm about to watch that one, and I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that that one uh, has a bit more going on in it because the first one's like, is this? Like, did someone just want to make another Top Gun movie? And they're like, it has to be funny. And like, all right, we'll put a joke every 10 minutes. Just to I think Hot Shots 2, Hot Shots 2 works a little bit better because it's a play on Rambo as well. Yeah, they, I think they got a bit more, a bit more to muck around with. Is there anything left that we can, we can pull apart from this film or just? Well, the, the thing that we didn't about? really speak about, I, I'd love to know what you guys think. Uh, Soundtrack wise, track wise, album wise, um, I love that they rehashed, like I said at the start, the the original stuff to just get you in, get your blood pumping, get the adrenaline going, get you into the movie, get you back into that universe. 
but I was probably a bit underwhelmed by a lot of the rest of the stuff that sort of came up. Exactly. <laughs> was waiting for that. There's chimes. There's chimes. Um, but uh, I think because Lady Gaga obviously did the sort of major song that was in it, but that was only in, I believe, was it not just in the credits? And yeah, the I think so. I think so. I didn't even and then, that I, One of our favourite credit songs. And I think she may have been some sort of executive producer or something on the soundtrack. So I don't know if she did other stuff score-wise or because I know she's... On all of the score tracks that are on, so like on the main titles, on Dark Star on uh you where you belong like all of the the big orchestral stuff mm. it's uh the credits are harold faltermeyer lady gaga han zimmer and lorne balf um mm. so i don't know how much she was involved i don't know if like they use some of the notes from her song in the theme to tie it together and so she gets a credit or if she was a i haven't read anything about that yeah. part but so, she's, yeah. she's a big executive producer on yeah. the whole thing and she'll probably win a Grammy or mm. maybe even an Academy Award for for this. Okay. What did you think of it, Michelle? Have you been listening to the, the soundtrack? No, you I haven't. Your car? No. <laughs> it hasn't replaced the Scream 4 soundtrack in your car yet? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> not even like just, just the main titles and Danger Zone on repeat? Oh, I was listening to that before we started this podcast. <laughs> That's another great thing. They re-recorded. They got Kenny Loggins to re-record Danger Zone. Really? And Tom Cruise listened to the first 30 seconds and turned it off and said, we're using the original and left. <laughs> it's like, no way. Aww. Original. Yeah. So that someone, I don't know if they've released it, but there is a, a 2019 version of Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins that Tom oh, Cruise wow. like, no, thank well, you. What, what, what do you mean? Like When you said that, I was thinking, oh, well, they'll just remaster it or whatever. No, he so... went in and re-recorded it. Why? Because they probably paid him $50 million <laughs> to do it. Well, I don't think it's $50 million, but yeah. I don't know. That's like one of the, the biggest film songs ever. It's, it's like multi, 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 multi-platinum. Made so much money. It's um, it's insane. I was surprised with the soundtrack on this one. Um, so I think surprised and delighted that they went for almost like no needle drops. Like they had the original yeah. score, they had Danger Zone, and then they're like, that's it. And I think mm-hmm. partly because it dates it. Like Danger Zone doesn't date it because that's just the Top Gun song. Yeah. Um, but I think like if they had to put Take My Breath Away in there again, it would have been weird. Also, yeah. that was kind of like, Kelly LeBrock and Tom Song. That's that would be strange. Kelly LeBrock. Who the on, Kelly LeBrock. Uh, who's, who's the original McGillis. one? McGillis. <laughs> the chick with the hair. Um, <laughs> you two coming? You're killing Bill Pullman, and you mentioned <laughs> Kelly LeBrock. Jeff Daniels. And you Maybe do a lot is... of research. How, how do I know any of that is accurate anymore? Well, I've it's only been watching YouTube videos. Only been watching YouTube videos about that. Because I've only I've only been doing research on Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun doesn't yeah, exist okay. in the Top Gun Maverick yes. world. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I and not to, you know mock or denigrate the the soundtrack, but I, that was the one thing. I'm glad they didn't really have the needle drop. So yeah, okay, great ball of fires was a great callback. But um, and and like I said, the intro um, and just making you feel like you're back in that Top Gun universe was great. But yeah, I I, I don't know. Maybe I just maybe my ears weren't picking up, and but it was like so just so much to see on the screen. Yeah. And the other sound effects and everything else was happening. I just didn't really notice the music as much. It didn't, nothing it's came not jumped out of me. Like the, yeah. On the yeah. official soundtrack, the only songs that aren't score are Danger Zone, 
Great Balls of Fire Live, sung by Mel's, Miles Teller, is the one they mm. put on the soundtrack. Mm. Uh, I Ain't Worried by One Republic, which is the beach football scene uh, song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and Hold My Hand by Lady Gaga, which is the the official song, apparently, and the, yeah. the credit song. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't notice much music in it either, but I think you are so, like, absorbed with, like, the mm. planes and everything else. That So, yeah, it's not. it's definitely not a sequel that, you know, I'd be we're going... not going to be ranking the songs for Top Gun and Top no, Gun. No, I don't think so. Well, we can. Oh, it'll be over real quick. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> really quick because I'm pretty sure the first movie is going to win most of the. Because uh, um, look, at the end of the day, that's I mean, '80s was a big thing for soundtracks and, and for the Kenny soundtrack Logan. for the first. Yeah, the soundtrack yeah, for the first first movie is just amazing and definitely something I've played quite a bit in my life. So, yeah. I think that's the only thing. Uh, that I wonder about, like it didn't didn't bother me at all in the movie, but like, is uh, I ain't worried by One Republic gonna be like because that beach scene is gonna be replayed throughout history now, just like the first one was. Is that gonna be a song that becomes a part of you know the public consciousness? We're all like, oh, that's a Top Gun Maverick song, or is it in ten years of people being like, I can't even remember a, it. I can't even remember how it whistling. goes. Um... That's a whistling. I can't whistle the way they whistle. Because I... We'll have to look it up. Um, and then they say, I ain't worried about it. And it, look, I, I don't really know the band One Republic. Uh, the song, I listened to it once on the when I was listening to the soundtrack outside of the context of the film. And I was like, I don't need to listen to this song when I'm not watching Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. And when I'm watching Top Gun Maverick, I'm not listening to the song. I'm looking at them abs. Like, <laughs> Why are they playing offense and defense at the same time? It's not a game that exists. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Exist, it exists in the death dream of Maverick as he's dying. Mm. He's like, you know it would be good if football was both at abs. once? Abs. Abs and then uh, abs. And that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Michelle's <laughs> review of the film is abs. <laughs> Yep. Seven minutes. Five, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle gives it five. Nom, 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 <laughs> Look what you made my call sign. <laughs> yep. Yep. Horn dog uh, definitely is going to motorboat Miles Teller the next time that she gets the opportunity. Oh, Hangman. Not it's a... all about Hangman, is mm-hmm. it? Yep. Either or, honestly. What a, what a bunch of handsome lads. Um, have you guys were you guys familiar with the director at all prior to this? Did you like you seen any Joseph Kandinsky scuff? Because he, I didn't realize he'd worked with Tom Hanks before. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. It's the second time you've called him Tom Hanks. Like I think I'm still hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm still the mustache. Up. The mustache. It's the hair's grown inward into my brain. He's worked with Tom Cruise before um, on Oblivion, which was another. Yes. Never planes explosive one not a lot of people did it's i think of... it was on the other night i saw an ad for it i was like is this top gun and it was like no well i'm i'm definitely gonna go watch it now in fact i think i'm gonna go back and watch his big break though have you never seen oblivion no because it was one uh... of those ones where it instant it came out the reviews were like <laughs> yeah I, th- I was saying this before we started recording i went through a period where i forgot that Tom Cruise is an amazing movie star and that seeing his films in a cinema is always a good idea. Mm. Even if the film isn't perfect, like you're going to have a great time at the cinema. And I stopped like rushing to the cinema to see the Mission Impossible movies. And oh, I started watching them what? on screen. Yeah, like the first three, I all saw at the cinema and then okay. four or five, I Disgusting. missed. And then I watched them on stream. And I was like, why That's did it. I not Can we cut him off this call? I, yeah, think this is, I think this is only my third 
Tom Cruise movie. Oh my and the other ever, one would be ever. Yeah. Wait, ever. I think so. What are the other two? Is it are two of them Tom... Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What is the other one? Jerry Maguire. Oh! Jeez. I think so. You haven't seen wow. Rain Man? No. You haven't seen have you seen Tropic Thunder at least? Oh, oh my you've seen none of the Mission Impossible movies? Uh, none of the Do you want to Impossible... cut me off this podcast too? <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. This is insane. Newsflash, Cable is doing this podcast all by himself from now on. You didn't even want to be on this episode. <laughs> I'm Googling, but I'm sure that's the only Tom Cruise movie I've seen. Like, he's been around a while. I know. And he's been in a lot of The Last Samurai, Days of Thunder. No. Far and away. I haven't even seen Risky Business. Magnolia. No. All oh, the inter- right moves. Interview with the vampire. The right moment, you can see his penis. No, yeah. I mean, interview with the vampire would be the only other one. Wow, wow. Oh, I'm Rock of Ages. <laughs> Deary me. Apparently, he was in the others. I've seen that one. So, okay, there's a few more, but He's nothing. He's in the he's others. Like- <laughs> the others is he? The Nicole Kidman ghost movie. According, as like an uncredited ghost. According to this, he is. Have you seen Eyes Wide Shut? Are you sure he's not a producer on that one? Oh, he might be. Yeah, I don't think, I think uh, the others. No, There's not a big cast in that movie. Yeah, I don't remember him being in that one. All right, I've seen him in a couple of movies, but nothing that he's like super well known for. Besides, wow. like Jerry Maguire, Jack Reacher. No, that's oh. why I can I can forgive people not seeing the two Jack Reacher movies because yeah, they kind of they oh, kind of you know what's a good movie? Um, Top Gun. What's up? No, the one with no <laughs> Scream. The one where he's got the blonde hair and he's with um Jamie Fox. Is that Collateral? Oh, yeah. He's got grey hair. Oh, grey hair. Yeah, yeah. Oh. and it's a wig because he wouldn't dry his hair. <laughs> I was yeah, like, rock, no, rock of collateral ages? Is, collateral is Ooh. great. You yes. should absolutely watch Collateral. Michelle. It's I'll a, add it really to my list to that you're making for me. <laughs> yeah, you should 100% check it out. Um, <laughs> It'll be a list of a 1,000 on my movies. <laughs> I'll Let's watch before you die. Just watch, watch now. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch before the next episode. I can't believe you've seen so few top. Like he's in movies. That's, yeah. Does that mean you've seen more Miles Teller movies than Tom Cruise movies? Almost, maybe. Oh, I've only seen him in. What was he in? Divergent. Yeah, he was in Allegiant, Divergent. Like, he's in Spectacular yeah. Now, Whiplash, Whiplash Spiderhead. Did anyone even see the Fantastic Four movie he was in? Yeah. Yes. Oh wow, you went and watched that. I heard it was a abortion of a film. It was bad, and I think it really uh, had a lot to do with derailing his career. Uh, Until now, 50, 50 films Tom Cruise has been in. Michelle, fifty. <laughs> How many have I seen? Like five. Hey, Angus, that actually sounds like a low number in the scheme of things. Fifty. But for the amount of stuff he does in movies, like mm. it's pretty impressive. Like yeah, every movie he's in is him. Yeah, and it's like usually not stunt doubles, no CGI, no he broke that's his ankle, he did. didn't he? Yeah, yeah that's he why you ha- yeah, he did that on Mission Impossible. Oh, maybe in this one too, but I know Mission Impossible he broke his ankle. Yeah, yeah it was Mission Impossible yeah. hitting that wall. Yeah, when he hit a wall like on the wrong angle. He was jumping from one building to mm. another and broke his ankle and then kept uh, kept, kept going. Well then what I'm pretty sure he got an injury from 
when he runs along the wing of a plane and has to jump off as well. I think he. Did oh something. yeah, I think he separated his shoulder. So he's, yeah. he's hurt himself a lot because he does a lot of his own stuff. I want to know how much he's insured for if they're letting him go up in like a plane on his own. And he'd be insured for a bit there. This is the crazy thing, and we'll have to find out more about Tom Cruise. We'll have to do just a Tom Cruise. Podcast, <laughs> he's he's done a couple of sequels now. A couple like his first sequel was uh, not a sequel to his own movie. He's in The Color of Money. Got nominated for Academy Award for that. Him and Paul Newman mm-hmm. sequel to The Hustler. That was a that was yeah. a big one. But we'll just he's keep talking. Lot, obviously, yeah, but I'm talking about the insurance. Well, just we'll keep talking, talking about, about this movie. This sequel. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Michelle's warning us up. Okay. No, I'm not. No, I mean like in future. Yeah, but I, I think it, you bring up an interesting question, Michelle, because really, like, how, how much can you insure him for? And that's why a lot of the companies that, oh, I guess, the movie companies and studios, when they go get insurance for their actors, that's why a lot of actors that do are happy to do some of their stunt scenes don't get to do them. They have to have stunt doubles because yeah. they can't insure them. And they're like, eh, no, you could do that. We're not going to insure you for that. So that's why... Some of, but Tom Cruise seems to get away with it, and I wonder if that's because he's got so much more power in the business. Is well, he, is he a producer? But at some point, if he barely injures himself or worse is fatal, then you go, who the hell is insuring that? So yeah. I just well, wonder. Like this, this movie is not Top Gun Maverick. This movie is Tom Cruise Top Gun Maverick. Like the title of this movie pretty much includes his name. And then so in the fine no, print, in the invisible ink, it's. Top Gun Maverick, A New Hope. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise is the new hope for cinema. <laughs> yeah. uh, also the old hope because he's been here for 50 films now. Um, you don't need to see him. Yeah, you're right. Like you, he's ne- Allegedly, it's not confirmed because obviously they always want to keep it a surprise, but allegedly in the next Mission Impossible, like the big stunt he's doing is he's going to do a halo jump from space. Like, remember that guy for Red Bull who went up mm-hmm. to the edge of the Earth's atmosphere? Like, Tom Cruise is going to do that for real for a Mission Impossible movie. I'd believe it. Like, how do you how do you ensure that at the best of times? How do you ensure mm. that when the guy doing it is Tom Cruise? Because, well, this- yeah, if he dies, like, an entire... And that's what I was saying. It's that, like, a lot of people are saying it joking, but I, I don't even say joking. I think Tom Cruise saved movies at the cinema, but he's also doing that because he's the last movie star. Mm. Like, no one else is left. All the other big guys who are still around have succumbed to streaming or like prestige TV. Like Tom Hanks, the guy I keep. <laughs> like his last, the other last couple of films have been Netflix and Apple. Like he Elvis. Did, he did News of the World for Netflix, but he's not even the like he's not even on the poster for Elvis. No, that's true. Yeah, that's not like a Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, and that's coming back to movies after going to like he did Greyhound for Apple. He did that other one with the robot for Apple. Which no one saw, and then he came back and played Colonel Tom in in Elvis. Mm. Like Will Smith, Will Smith started going over to streaming ages ago. Well, Will Smith's he, like slapping people at award shows well, now. He's, so. Yeah, he's persona non grata. But <laughs> even before then, he was doing was it that Bright, that weird Netflix monster cop movie? Um, Jamie Fox was like on the rise as a big mm-hmm. movie star. He's sign this huge Netflix deal and all he does is Netflix movies now. Adam Sandler is like in the streaming. Like yeah. All the people who really were name above the title at the cinema, like Jim Carrey, he does TV now. Mm-hmm. The people who like, you would sell a movie ticket on the name alone it back in the 90s when Brad Pitt. Yeah, when Tom, Tom Cruise was the big one. Yeah, Brad Pitt, he's doing War Machine. 
uh, you know, he's still creeping around in, in big cinema stuff, but he knows he's got to do streaming. Even Leonardo DiCaprio did yeah. um, look up, don't look up this year. Mm. Uh, and that's just like the, the male film stars, the female film stars have had to do streaming and TV for much longer just yes. to try and keep going because you can't sell a movie base off, uh, uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez's name anymore. She had to go and do... <laughs> Could you ever? Absolutely could. Like Jenny from the Block back in the 90s, like she was big time, man. Anaconda? Made in in Manhattan. (laughs) Made in Manhattan. Like they just threw that title out there and they're like, put her on a poster. We're going to make money. Just put Mm -hmm. J-Lo in it. And they did. And then these days, like I can't think of a single Scarlett Johansson maybe is one of the biggest female leading ladies in the world. Uh, And is basically beholden to Marvel to have mm. any kind of big time career and her standalone solo movie when it finally came out for Marvel straight, straight to, to streaming. streaming. Yep. Tom Cruise refuses. He refuses to do streaming. He refuses to to acquiesce to any of that stuff. He is it. He's yeah. the only bona fide movie star still Left. working in in at least in Western cinema. Um you know, everyone else has just been like, we have got to sign deals with streamers <laughs> to to keep making big mm-hmm. money and we can then it's it's like the new version of one for them one for us it's like all right i'll go to a netflix movie and then i can do that yes you know, that movie for 20th century fox it's going to actually get released in cinemas for a week and then tom cruise is over here being like fuck three, you yeah three months in the cinema <laughs> yeah still going a billion dollars still making six like mm-hmm. I, this weekend uh that that superhero pets movie came out it's got like the rock and Kevin Hart voicing mm-hmm. the dogs of Superman and Batman, which looks fun. It's a weird concept. That came out this weekend. This weekend, it made less money than Top Gun Maverick did this weekend. <laughs> like it's just And it won't be in the ro- That's longer. the rock. That's the rock who, you know, he's the friggin' rock. And he's still and he's in his prime now. And he still can't compete with with Tom Cruise doing sequels to franchises from 36 years ago I'm, I'm really i'm stunned by how good he's done Did you know um, there was actually a top gun sequel before this there was a top gun sequel before this that actually came to be and i actually had it on nintendo entertainment system top gun <laughs> 2. Uh, i don't know if that was counts. that was the well the first video game it was funny because it wasn't top gun it was top gun 2 Ooh. And it was, yeah, it was a video game. Was it game canon? Version. Did it like follow on? Were you? I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I were you playing have. volleyball? No, it was no. just all, it was all flight simulation. But back then it was like top end game. It was, yeah, not to fuck around. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a fun game when, when you're a kid. And again, <laughs> what, what was Nintendo in it? It was 8, eight bit, wasn't it back then? But uh yeah, yeah, NES was and eight then, bits, NES was sixteen, and then yeah. sixty-four was yeah. So I think funnily enough, it was definitely. Um, I remember it sort of being big, and I, I always felt like that again. It was almost it's, it's not a movie, obviously, but it was like that tester. Like, oh, there's still some love for Top Gun, and maybe you know, is there, can you know, we do it again? Yeah, kind of, kind of. When's and the they, they game it. coming out? <laughs> they did. With they the vol- got with the volleyball scene and the football scene. Mm, yeah. And they somehow managed to do it with the guy who directed one of Tom Cruise's few unsuccessful films. Oh, and, that was, actually, that no, Tom Cruise came back to him. No, well then, yeah. I, see, I I enjoyed Oblivion, but that's. Just I think me. the people that saw it did, but in like in the hierarchy of films that mm. a have critical 
responses and B, made money. I think Oblivion also came out really similar uh, at a really similar time to After Earth, the Will Smith one that he did with Jaden Smith. Yeah. That was terrible and bombed. And the posters look kind of similar. And it was like, oh yeah, big time movie star doing a space movie about, mm-hmm. I know the world has fallen. And I think it, it fell victim to that. Kaczynski, yeah. before he did um, Oblivion, that which was his second movie, his first movie that got him on the map was also a sequel. Do you know what it was? The movie that started Kaczynski's career. And this is a weird and huge one to start. He never directed a movie before, ever. He directed, he has one of the directing credit and it's Gears of War Mad World short video for the Gears of War video game. Oh, that was awesome. And then he got handed Tron Legacy. Oh, oh yes. Tron yes. Legacy. Yes, it's which random as. Has, I was going to say that. Ge- detractors, but that's that a ge- huge film to get. But I was going to say that Gears of War uh, trailer was amazing. Yeah, I, I remember oh, it. I, I've never yeah. played Gears of War and I remember watching that and being like, this is mm. good. But yeah, he went from that to Tron Legacy. And then he hasn't done much. He did Oblivion. He did a film called Only the Brave with, uh, also with Mars Teller again, and Josh Brolin. And also Jennifer Connelly is in that as well. That's oh. where he met Jennifer Connelly. And that's where he met Mars Teller. A true story about firefighters, which apparently is amazing. I'm going to go and check it out uh, this weekend on some streaming service somewhere. Uh, and then after he did that. You know, you're not can Top Gun Maverick Top Gun comes Maverick. out tomorrow on streaming. So that's all you'll be watching. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have Top Gun Maverick going. Twenty four seven. Watch yeah. Under the Brave. <laughs> just, just, just rewinding. Yeah. Just for those playing at home, Oblivion on um, IMDb is seven point zero, so seven out of ten, not bad. Pretty good. And that's is that critic ha- or user? No, that's user. That's ha- over half a million votes. That's pretty and good. And then you've got a fifty-four meta score from 40, 41 critics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously Tom Cruise in it, Morgan Freeman, uh, Andrea Reisenberg, Reisenborough, sorry, I should say, Olga Kirilenko, who was famously first in the James Bond film. Uh, look, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoyed Oblivion, but each their own. But uh... I just, I just found out Oblivion is based on a graphic novel mm-hmm. that uh, Joseph Kaczynski created. Um, and so it's it's like billed as being based on the original graphic novel by Joseph Kaczynski, except the graphic novel doesn't exist because no one would ever publish it. Oh. So it's based on something that no one can get because didn't get. But he's a go getter, man. Now I, I didn't realize he wrote the original story as well. Now I want to watch it even more because I'm on the Kaczynski bandwagon in a big way. I think this film is so directed. What what do you think? Like the future of this film this year? Do you think uh, anyone is getting nominated for Academy Awards for Top Gun Maverick? Do you think we're going to see... I mean, obviously, I think the technical awards, it should and probably mm. will get nominated for sound editing and editing and maybe even cinematography if they're really lucky. But what do you think? Do you think directing? Do you think acting? Like, I think this is one of the most well-acted things Tom Cruise has ever done. I'll be honest. I won't even make a comment because I, I don't always rate what the Academy and it's so subjective. Oh, and, it's always terrible. And it's, I feel like this <laughs> always is terrible. A, what they well, actually, but I, always, I always think a movie like this, when there's so much, especially the big budget, it's almost like, ah, it's a big budget movie. It can't be mm. taken legitimately seriously. So I just can't see, like you said, it might win the technical stuff, the sound, but no one's, 
no one's winning an award for acting or anything in this movie. May I remind you, Cable, that at the most recent Academy Awards, they had a fan choice category, which was really best scene, and the scene that won an Academy Award for oh, best yeah. scene was the Flash enters the Speed Force in Justice League: The Snyder Cut. Are you that serious? Best scene. Then they also had the fan vote for the most for the best fan voted film. So the film, not like the Academy, this is the best movie, but this is the fans voted. And the film that won that was Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. So what? Zack Snyder walked away with two Academy Awards <laughs> for Army of the Dead and The Speed oh, Enters. That, sounds a, bit, that sounds a bit rigged. So how is the beach football scene not winning in an Academy Award? Well, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I think, yes. I think that could be nominated mm-hmm. for best scene. Well, yeah, it's just me entering, entering my I will be voting for it. <laughs> I think you need to start getting yeah. more rolling, start the votes coming in. Because I didn't even have to see that. Pals abs for Oscars. You know, I went through a phase. On my Facebook. I, I went through a phase where I was so in love with cinema that I took the Academy Awards seriously. And then I sort of go, and then I saw Yeah, it was the 90s. Awards. I think we all did. And really then it got to a point, it's like, oh, hang on. These are clearly decided by really old, crusty white men, mainly probably. And just people that are just, you know, just. Oh, there's some movies out there like that have great performances, and but the movies overall aren't that great, and they're not, they're forgettable. Or you watch them once again, yeah, it was good, but I'm not going to watch it again. Whereas sometimes I think shouldn't you just reward, you know, something like Top Gun Maverick? It's like it's a good movie because it's entertaining. People will come back and watch it two, three, four times. Then they'll buy the the streaming rights to it or the the digital copy, or they'll bring the buy the you know the DVD like. There's something, uh, I, I don't know. I just think some movies now, like, they only get remembered because they can put one in the Academy Award on the, the, the cover of the DVD. Like, well, it's like... Because Tom Cruise doesn't know. even have an Academy Award. No, he's, he's been, been nominated, nominated twice. Three times. He's nominated for three times. Colour of Money, Magnolia, and what else? Jerry Maguire, Magnolia, and oh, on Jerry the 4th Maguire. of July. Yeah. And 4th Ooh. of July. He didn't get nominated for Colour of Money? No. Or maybe that not was on Google. Here. Supporting, not on Google. Oh, <laughs> supporting <laughs> was Magnolia. The Academy famously he was so good in Magnolia Bruce. too. Best supporting actor, best actor, and best actor. I mean, I, the 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 main thing I can think to compare this to in terms of like cultural phenomenon and whether or not you know it's got the traditional Oscar stuff. Avatar got nominated for best film. That's a terrible movie. It is a terrible movie. But oh, it's I liked also, it. It's just like a. It's it's not a traditional oscar thing i think the thing that got it the nomination is it made so much goddamn money they couldn't ignore it and i wonder if top gun maverick could be that film this year where like i'm not saying it's going to win best picture it probably should but i'm not saying it will but it made so much like black panther black panther Mm. got nominated for best picture because it made so much friggin money yeah i I mean i guess a billion dollar film this is the kind of thing i I think is weird because i feel like movies generally i look I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally generalizing, but I do feel like the movies that make a lot of money, they go, oh, all the, the more ones go to see that, but the classy, really good cinema, mm. only a few people go to see because they've got the class and they understand for cinema. And, well, yeah, uh, Prestige and that's usually wins. That's how like films like, you know, Green Book gets up. Yes. And but then I, I, but then I really enjoyed Black Panther. It's a great movie. But it is. is, it, is it should it be nominated as best picture? Or no. like for, uh, exactly. And it's like, well that's a weird thing. And I'm like, is that 
them trying to be too overly politically correct by going, well, I've got to nominate because if we don't nominate, then it looks like we're being racist or we're not. It's them trying to appeal to the popular. Like the, yeah. the Academy Awards are dying. That's why they're putting in like fan vote stuff. And that's why they're doing stupid stuff like, oh, we're not televising the cinematography award or the editing award or the score award anymore, which are like the three things that make a movie a movie. But yeah. people are like, oh, I don't know who the director of photography is. I just want to see more of Henry Cavill. Um, so Henry Cavill's fine, but like people I was going to say, that was random. That was a random <laughs> choice. I thought you were saying Will Smith punching Chris Rock. But anyway. no, I was, I'm just trying to think of someone else with abs that isn't Glenn Powell, just so we can mix it up a bit. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Like nice. they, they want to see the guy they know. Like show me more Superman, show me The Rock, show me like the popular stuff. And so that's what the Academy Awards is bending to. Mm-hmm. And that's why in recent years you have films that traditionally had no chance to be even mentioned at the Academy Awards, let alone nominated, suddenly they're on the list of the 10 films that are nominated for Best Academy Award. But I think I think Maverick in that universe could. I don't think it ever has a chance to win. I think Kaczynski could get nominated for Best Director for this. I think they will completely ignore Tom Cruise because they always do. I think if there is a just universe, uh, Val Kilmer will get nominated for and win Best Supporting Actor because that, that scene is a masterclass in acting and the fact that, you know, the real world tragedy of him losing his voice mm-hmm. and the fact that he came back and was like, I'm going to show you how it's done. You know, if they're going to give Judy Dench an Academy Award for two and a half minutes of being the queen, give Val Kilmer an Academy Award for three and a half minutes of just ripping everyone's heart out of their chest. Like, <laughs> no, didn't didn't uh, Anthony Hopkins get um, Best Actor for 11 minutes of Silence of the Silence Lambs? Yeah. Yeah, like it happens a lot. You don't have to be in a movie a long time. You have to have an impact. He's only yeah. in it for 11 minutes? Yeah. It's very, very short. No, I've never seen it. It's a great film. You've got to watch it. At its coolest. But yeah, like it's not about how long you're on screen. It's about the impact you have. And I think Val Kilmer did that. I think, you know, give Best Supporting Awards to Glenn Powell as well. He was, I mean, Miles Teller was great, but I think Glenn Powell like really. Oh, come on, yeah. Jennifer Connelly, come on. She, she doesn't have anything to do. You no. can't nominate her for an award. She's on a boat. She just looked green. good. She looked good. She I... walked in front of the camera and was like, yeah. an Oscar for you. Yeah. <laughs> she, you sailed the shit out of that boat. She really sailed yeah. that boat. So yeah. give her some kind of award. Give her a, a nautical, exactly. really good seamanship award. <laughs> Apart from that, is there a good, bad, and ugly? Are we doing good, bad, and ugly for this? Because I, I feel like this film breaks the mold of, of good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, I don't have an ugly. I don't think. Let, let's let's see what we can do with it. But this like right. this badly affects our ability to do a ranking of good, bad, and ugly. What's all right, of the multitude and endless streams of good in this film? What is your good, Michelle? I think you already know. Say it out loud. Do I need to go into it? You do. The beach football scene. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but like the entire movie was good. That was just I my can't believe part. you just watched the movie and objectified men like that. It's oh, disgusting. yeah, because you've never done that. Didn't you just movie? say no! Jennifer Connolly an Academy Award yeah, because yeah, she looked she walked good? On screen. Have you not seen her? Yes. Lovely. Very talented actress. Have and, you not uh, seen all the guys with their abs? So no, but abs. Jennifer Connolly has a good body of work. Yeah, back it up. I was you could have just stopped. I'm glad you finished that, that sentence. Yeah, I'm really glad you finished that sentence. Yeah, Glenn Powell has a good body of work. Yeah. <laughs> he did good work on his body. Uh what's exactly. what's your good cable? Um, good. It was all good. good. Let's be honest. Isn't it? I, I, yeah, it is. Oh, I mean the overall package. It's, look, 
this is the thing about that I think we've just talked about the Academy Awards. I don't know how much uh, Michelle's going to cut out of that anyway. But all of it. The reality is like gold. (laughs) Cinema is art, right? And there can be some great art, but the the trick to being you can watch a great movie with great performances, a great human story, whatever it is. But there's a lot of those films out there that still are an amazing watch, but they're not rewatchable. Well, they're not something you rewatch because they're really hard to watch or they're really they're harrowing. Har- yeah. yeah, and all that sort of stuff. And there's the uh, what's that one with Jennifer Conley where they're on the drugs? Uh, like serious movies <laughs> like Requiem for a Dream or something like that that are an interesting watch, even the Basketball Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio. There's movies out there that are interesting and really good to watch and have the experience, but they're not something you really want to rush and go, I have to have that on DVD. I want to watch it again. Or I want to go, yeah, Michelle, get to the cinemas, get to the drivings, <laughs> watch this movie. Like, there's just go see Spotlight. And I, I still, I, actually, that was a good movie. But again, that's it's not an incredible movie. Russia. It's so harrowing. It's really hard yeah. to watch. Oh, like, it's, it's this sad. one's just enjoyable from like start. Yeah. And I think, and I, I think that's the thing about this movie. Like, yes, it's probably not the greatest. And I know Angus is going to argue. It may not be <laughs> a, Academy worthy of being one of the, you know, 100 greatest movies of all time. But at the end of the day, it's entertaining and it says it by the amount of people in a COVID world that there's still people that are pretty fearful to go out and don't Absolutely. like to go out in into the cinemas. That money talks and that's people going to see this movie multiple times. I saw it twice. Um, I know a lot of other people have seen it twice. Like people are going to this movie because like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting. And maybe it's because the first movie is enjoyable enough, but really in the scheme of things, is not that great a film, and then this one's like raises the bar. You go, actually, this one actually has a plot, and this has something. The characters have got something to do in this movie, and it's just it's fun. So yeah. I think the overall package um, is good. I, I but for me, being the fan of the original, I like the nostalgia stuff. That I don't, I don't think it all. Apart from Great Balls of Fire, I think nothing really smashes you in the face. Like look, 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 look what we just did. Look what we just did. It's, I feel like a lot of it's fairly subtle, but you know, I could, you know, everyone's different. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna narrow down one good, um, it's it's got to be Val Kilmer scene, yeah. like I already discussed. Uh, it, just to point out, like a high in an entire series of highs. The other like thing that you can point to as like this is incredible filmmaking is that final sequence where they actually go and do the mission they've been training for the whole movie. The payoff is huge like so many of these movies like the mission movies by the time you get to the mission it's like this is fine but the enjoyable part of the movie is like the camaraderie between the crew and them you know like failing and having a laugh and then them overcoming it and all the little bits that happen like you know if you're watching like uh the dirty dozen or something like the, the payoff at the end of the dirty dozen is great it's a great ending but it's not like the ending of that movie is like oh my god like this is incredible it's like yeah this is just the payoff you get for that movie whereas this one I feel like when they start the mission, like when they finally launch those missiles and like no turning back now and they're in it. Like I was so overjoyed that they were pulling it off. Every moment I was like, oh my God, I think they're doing, I think, I think this movie is going to justify itself in the best possible way with this ending. And every beat is like, this is thrilling. You know, the plane stuff, we'd seen so much plane stuff. It was even better. You know, the, 
the tension and then when it switches and becomes like a weird 80s buddy comedy for a bit with Rooster <laughs> and Maverick sneaking around stealing planes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is this half Mission Impossible, half Spies Like Us for a second? I don't care. Um, it, it completely pays off what you've been sitting there enjoying for the whole thing and is somehow better. Like that's a that for me that's as about as good as it gets when it comes to good. Like this movie earns every screen minute of screen time, and then finishes off in like, and here here is the little cherry on top. Like fuck, it's better than I thought. Which brings us to bad question mark. Is there is there a bad for you, Michelle? I don't know if I have a bad. Like I was expecting to go into it and be like at least a little bored maybe for some of it, and I wasn't. I don't think I have a bad. Okay, but I feel like you have a bad. Um, look, if you, I don't think I, I wouldn't say I even got an ugly because it's still an enjoyable film. If but if you want me to be, if you wanted me to be truly objective, I should say, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was something I felt like when I was in the cinema, and then I heard it on chat flicks. They mentioned it too, and then you said it as well. Big mouth is. <laughs> I did feel too much like it was, like you said, Luke Skywalker's journey in New Hope. And it did like, it was just like, they, they, they must have gone, you know what? That worked. We'll just do it in this day and age with fighter jets. It's a good template. It works. And for me, it was a bit too similar. I, I just don't know. Like, even the fact that, you know, Rusik sort of comes to save the day. It was very Han Solo saving Luke at the end and, like, get, getting the last shot. I know that sequence is a little bit different, but I was I did feel a bit like, yeah, it was maybe a little bit too cliched at times. I felt like they could have raised, like I said, like I think maybe a death scene to show the level of seriousness again, for this so-called suicide message where everyone survived, I just think was a bit too convenient. But that's, again, really, really grasping at straws. Yeah, actually, another tiny, tiny nitpick. I know they wanted to reflect back and show the memories, but there was a few photos that Maverick had of his time back in the first movie where they're clearly just shots from the film and there was no cameraman taking those photos kind of thing. So... His photos he had in his locker and around it was of him and Goose and him and Iceman. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the cameraman because there's no camera, there's no yeah. guys taking happy snaps on that fucking that bugs me. Yeah, that bugs me. Movies like completely yeah. off topic, but like I know what you did last summer when they mm. go on the boat and he's got all the pictures of them and you're like, so he went and took them with a film camera, went and got yeah. them all developed, <laughs> put them up in his boat. Yeah, maybe he's got a home lab. Yeah. You know, yeah, true. Right? Just for gentle love, you to get his one hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, look, bad. Bad is a is a tough one for me. Uh, I guess we we kind of touched already. Like bad that they had the presence of mind to make a really diverse cast, Mm. um, and then not really utilize them in um in any way other than to have a diverse cast kind of, uh, and that's you know that's not great, um. It feels like a like a cop out excuse for it to say like, well, you know, the military is still a pretty shitty place to anyone who's not a white guy, so it does kind of track, um, you know. But everything in this movie is not really 
real so they didn't have to do that they didn't have to be like this is what the military is like it's like oh is it 36 year old pilots who have been kicked out nine times get brought back to teach people and then wind up (laughs) saving the world that's what it's really like like which one is it guys are we are we living in a fantasy world are we going for reality so I i think that's a bad that you know obviously miles taylor is perfect casting as goose's son obviously glenn powell is just absolutely flawless in this film as the foil slash actually probably better pilot and knows it that's not to say that things couldn't have been rewritten or or you couldn't have found a way to have a third you know maybe hangman and phoenix uh jerks Mm. and really and you have a bit more screen Uh, yeah in a film that i enjoyed so much that i think does so much right it is hard to like be like well if you did this differently it'd be better it's like well i didn't make this movie i don't know i would have liked to have seen the the other cast members have a bit more to do but that's that's really it that's and maybe, really it. The and maybe they maybe they do in the extended cut like hey find out soon which you better believe i'm gonna find out mm-hmm. and then find out again and again and again, <laughs> and again and again uh god help us is there an ugly michelle is there an ugly in this probably movie? just similar to what your bad was i reckon like yeah more sort of character development but then how much do you take away from like the mission and the main story i said if we're sitting around talking about what it was like for yale growing up (laughs) 10 minutes like it's only what two and a half hour movie or however long it was like yeah i think that would just be extending it into no i don't think it is it's two hours just over two hours yeah it moves pretty damn sharply Maybe two hours and four minutes. Last time I thought too. Did there anything uh, strike you as ugly in this one, Cable? No, I don't think so. I think, um, like I said, it did be really nitpicking. Um, like I said, like the diversity. I think if we're going, if Hollywood's moving that way, you know, you you have diversity, but you still got to do something with it. You can't just say, "Oh, well, all our background characters or our one-dimensional characters are." Uh, Hispanic or African American or, or you know Asian or or female or whatever we, you've got to actually use them a bit. I, yeah, I felt they have like to actually be. I yeah. felt like um, they missed the opportunity to maybe you know have them have be a bit more prominent. Like I said, like I think there's no reason Hangman or Phoenix could have couldn't have been the Hangman role and could have possibly been until they go. Oh my god. Um, We've just found the best guy to have a role. We've got to find something from. We'll write something. Um, but having said that, he's the perfect guy for that role too. But God damn, he's good. Um, he's just so good. It's so hard to be. <laughs> well, it, no, but the reality—he's such a good, like almost prototypical new Iceman. But that arrogant white boy, boy went to college, jock, good at every sport, and pick up a bloody lacrosse stick or bloody football or whatever. You know, he'd be good at it. Um, so for me, that works cinematically. But yeah, like I said, I think, you know, there was an Asian woman pilot, wasn't there? I believe. And again, that should, they were picked up uh, really early Halo. in the bar scene. Yeah, they're in the bar scene. But then I think you see them in a couple of long shots in the, the class, but they're sort of the ones that sort of get cut but don't really get mm. any screen yeah. time. So I was like, well, well, maybe that would have been good to have her be a bit more prominent, drop one of the guys out or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, maybe a splitting hairs because a lot of those characters were interchangeable anyway. But um, yeah, but I mean, again, that's really being nitpicky. And 
maybe an extended cut or just extra scenes might explain a little bit why certain characters didn't get to go on the, the mission a bit more or whatever. But it is what it is. It is what it is. That's right. It was a good movie. It was great. Yeah, I think my ugly would be not enough abs. Yeah. It's well, that was going to be my often... that was going to be my bad, but I thought I could only bring it up so many times. Ugly, how often they're wearing shirts in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Sons of bitch. You yeah, they should shirts. have been half naked fighter pilots. What are you doing, sitting in flight suits in briefing? <laughs> it's a hot day. Get your damn pecs out. <laughs> yeah. You worked hard, Sean. Even in the planes. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, man. Uh, this movie, I think. I think this film is in the conversation for. Uh, one of best sequels ever you know i know there's recency bias just come out but i think you know as as a show that is investigating sequels and you know why the hell they exist and are they any good and is it worthwhile having sequels i think this Mm -hmm. in every way that a sequel justifies its existence it does it i think in five and ten years 20 years people will still be discussing this as you know high high up the list of best sequels ever for every reason that a, a film is as good or better than its predecessor. I think for me, it absolutely blows the original out of the water in mm, every yeah. way, shape. Of, it improves upon everything in the original. It builds upon everything in the original. It is in no way beholden to the original, which is an incredibly hard thing to pull off. Like the character is literally it's tied to the death of Goose, the whole movie, yet somehow the original film is not hanging over the head of this one mm. at all. It is its own, like, that is just a masterclass of, of writing to pull that kind of stuff off. And I think, yeah, we when we eventually get around to to doing our sequel sucks best mm-hmm. ranking of sequels list, um, I, I don't think it will be a surprise to anyone that this film comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it will on anyone's best sequel list from now until the end of time. Because goddamn, what a what a just that fucking thrill ride. Uh, is there anything left to say? Is there anything less to say, aviators? No, I have to agree. Like, I, I don't even know whether it's worth us really giving our ranking or rating, I should say. I think genuinely, like, a million stars for this movie. There's no... Yeah, I think five no stars. ...category of filmmaking. Well, so there's no, there's not even a bakery kind of... Is there or not? Or You go to the bakery and everything is just free that day and everything is good. <laughs> And they've all got their shirts off. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to say. You know, I know you say recency bias too, but it is. Well, I still have a love and affection for the first one. This is a better movie. Yeah. There's no, there's no yes or buts. Like it's I, yes, a sequel, but it's it's one of those funny sequels that's been so. There's been so much distance. The only real thing, yeah, okay. There's mentions of obviously Goose. Goose has a son in this. And there's still references to the other characters and Iceman's got a small part in it. Um, and I guess technically Penny was a character mentioned in the first movie, but still there's, so there's connective tissue to the first one, but it could almost be a standalone film. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like it totally could be a standalone film. And I just think they've done it so well that they go, well, we're going to acknowledge the first one. It's a sequel for all those kids that were brought up in the eighties and watched that film and love that film. But this can also be a movie if kids want to see it that have never seen the original, they can walk straight in. Mm. They get enough exposition, they can work it out, um, and it's so much fun. It's and it does it so much it's definitely better than a better other movie. movies that try to do that. Like, oh, it's a sequel, but you don't have to see the first one. And then you watch the sequel, and it's like, yeah, because it literally has nothing to do with the first one. That's yeah. Like this one has everything to do with the first one, mm. but 
still somehow is like it doesn't make anything of a sort. Yeah. I think the bakery. Here's the bakery. The bakery is uh, the first one is when uh, you're a kid and your mum buys you like those cinnamon donuts from Coles, like in the yeah. pre-packed ones, and they're a bit stale. And you're like, okay, cool. And you eat them. You're like, this is a donut. This is great. I I love it. I'll take it. Thank you. And you're like, yeah, this is absolutely great. And no complaints. You know, really happy memories, really lovely. And then one day you walk into like an artisanal bakery where they in-house make these incredible delights every day that are filled with every kind of Nutella and cream and custard you could dream of. And they've just been made and they're covered in this delicious ice. And you take a bite and you're like, I didn't know it could be like this. I didn't. And, and there's nothing wrong with the other one. You have lots of happy memories of the other one, but this is better in every conceivable way. Someone mm. took what was there and was like, no, no, leave me with this for a minute. I'm going to bring back something that will absolutely eradicate the memory of this one. And you're like, I can't go back. I can never go back. This mm. is the benchmark. And then you go to Krispy Kreme and you're like, fuck you, Krispy Kreme. You're nowhere as good as that artisan. <laughs> That's every other sequel now. It comes out like, are you Top Gun Maverick? Why are yeah. we talking? Go away. And Hangman was serving you at the this bakery. Is all time <laughs> that I could be That's honestly, that when you talk about how does it rank in the screen films, when I go to the cinema and watch Scream 6, the whole time you'll be sitting there watching it, I'm going to be like, is this better than Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> we'll be like, shut up, Angus. Not, is this better than Scream 5 or 4 or 3? Is this better than Top Gun Maverick? I don't know. It's, it's definitely set a high bar. Like, I think it's definitely up there. Yeah, I didn't and think any of us would have been like, oh, Scream 5 came out this year. This is better. Oh, I didn't it, think that yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah I, it's a million kinda, times over. Kind of crazy because, you know, again, Inside Baseball, um, I know Chatflix spoke to me and Angus a while ago. Um, Bros likes to put up, you know, movies we're looking forward to for the next year and our favourite movie of the year. And when the post went up, it had me wanting, I was looking forward to the most was Top Gun. I'm like, hang on, wouldn't I have said Scream or Ghostbusters? But then I was like, oh, I think other people were saying, I mean, I can't remember what you said, Angus, but a few people are already like, oh, well, I'm really looking forward to Top Gun. I was looking forward to it two years ago. So um, I'm glad, I feel like I got that one. Yeah, that's, I, I forgot there was a Ghostbusters sequel that came out. Yeah. And like, yeah, and I was looking forward to that, and I loved that. I had a great time watching that in the cinema. Like, it wasn't perfect, but I had a really good time. But goddamn, like, I love, <laughs> I love this more than Scream and Ghostbusters, which is such a weird thing for me to say, mm-hmm. because I love Ghostbusters and Scream, but mm. not in twenty twenty two, baby. No, I never thought I would be saying that I love a Top Gun movie ever. <laughs> Top Gun forever, a thousand years of Top Gun. But yeah, I know it's like you. I agree with what you said about five minutes ago. I guess I think you think about the best sequels ever made. Um, that definitely, a hundred percent, it's in that top five conversation now. Like it would be in if Scream Two was shot again, or Scream Six, if they had that conversation about sequel sucking, then they probably would say, "I've got it, I've got it." Top Gun Maverick, and everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," because I think. You know, T2, Godfather Part 2, Top Gun Maverick, Aliens, The House. The second <laughs> House 2, The Second Story. <laughs> are in, in the Weekend of Bernie's Part 2. Yeah. yeah there's are in there's the, some classics that's contending with. Yeah, they're definitely, um, they're in the conversation for sure. For sure. God damn. What, what a ride. I'm so glad that, that this happened. I'm so glad I forced Michelle to see this so that we can make this happen. <laughs> Uh, this is my first non-scream related podcast. I just realized you. And uh, yeah. it's all downhill Good from one. here. Yeah, what, yeah. What is it? What Was is it better ever? than Top Gun Maverick? 
what is ever going to, yeah, that's going to be <laughs> every sequel we make you watch from now on. You're going to be like, guys, this was not Top Gun Maverick. Why I don't know. Hocus Pocus Drew hasn't come out yet. We're not going to make you watch that though. <laughs> True. We have to make Cable watch that. Oh, shit. When does that come out? Next... September 30th, I think. Oh, it's going to be not really. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Mate. Go watch Hocus Pocus. You're going to love yeah. it. Watch it with the kids. They'll have a great time. And then go watch Top Gun Maverick. And everyone has a great time. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think we've we've wrung it dry. Uh, I'm so I'm so happy. I'm gonna sleep so happy tonight. I'm so glad we did this. Mm. Okay, movie fans. Before we wrap up, the next movie on the slate. Now I know me and Angus have probably talked about movies that we still haven't done. That I talked about us doing coming up soon, but the next movie I believe that we, the three of us, will be talking about is the somewhat. Sequel, not quite a sequel, The Return to Oz from Disney. And until then, don't forget, not all sequels suck. Cue the swing by Everclear. <laughs> not even. No, it'll be cue the highway to the danger zone or something. Oh. Right.